We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome to a special edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It's a special edition that's going to be a regular edition, which is our Wednesday night recruiting show. And so we're going to talk some recruiting night. We're going to dive into some film tonight. We are going to talk about Notre Dame's 2023 secondary class. So the commits that are in the class, obviously that is cornerback Justin Rett. So we'll go kind of position by position, and then alphabetical within each position. So we'll go cornerbacks first and we'll go Justin Rett first and then we will go into safeties we'll do Peyton Bowen first and then Adon Schuler. so great start for Notre Dame but Ryan before we dive into that mm-hmm. I just want to address some things that are kind of going on in Notre Dame Nation sure and that is the open tight end position which mm-hmm. we if you're a member of the Irish Breakdown message board you've kind of known where this is at for several hours now which is Notre Dame has not hired a tight ends coach yet Okay, there are still, uh, you know, they're still working on some things, but they have zeroed in on the candidate that they want that they expect to hire. And that would be, I've been trying to figure out all day how to say his name. It's Jared Parker. Is how you say it. It's G-E-R-A-D. So I didn't know if it was, okay, is it Jared? Is it Gerard? I thought it was Gerard at first. I didn't notice that there wasn't the second R. Uh, So, but it's Jared Parker who is currently since spent the last two years as the offensive coordinator at West Virginia. I believe it was as a, an offensive coordinator in sort of a um, head coach calls the plays type situation, I believe right. is kind of how that was. But uh, was that uh, with David Cutcliffe at Duke for two years before that spent uh, was going to be at Cincinnati in 2017, but uh, there was a situation that came up that he didn't coach there that year. But Before that, he had coached for five years at Purdue, where he was on the same staff as Marcus Freeman. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of where they got to know each other. He was was a running backs coach for two years, then a tight ends coach for two years. He's also coached receivers. He was the receivers coach at West Virginia and at Duke. And he was recruiting coordinator for four years at, at Duke, or I mean at Purdue as well. So we'll dive more into him when we get the word that he has accepted the job. And so, and, and all the other stuff has been worked out. So it's not official yet, 
we'll get it. But, and, but we, like I said, barring a snag coming up, we expect it to happen. But until all the snags have been kind of, you know, worked through, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. But uh, we're here to talk recruiting, Ryan. And mm-hmm. coming into this year, I think secondary, if you're going to like lump things into like holes, right? So like yep. linebacker rovers one, DND tackle into one, you know, that kind of thing. I would argue that secondary is without question the most important, you know, biggest need you have to do well on the entire defense. And it's right up there with kind of quarterback and receiver for different reasons for the most important in the class. They need a home run secondary class if they're going to really close that gap on that level. And Ryan, so far, so good. Yeah. No, and we um if you joined us for the show on Monday, where um, I think you had hopped off already and me and Vince were on there. And I did highlight defensive backs in my mailbag from this week as a point of emphasis for the class because like you said, I mean, coming out of the 2022 season, this could potentially be Cam Hart's final season, could potentially be Brandon Joseph's final season, definitely going to be Houston Griffith's final season, definitely going to be DJ Brown's final season. So there's a lot of turnover that's potentially going to happen in the secondary. And let's be honest, outside of, you know, just losing those players in the in the pretty near future, mm-hmm. there's also like, hey, we need to upgrade the quarterback spot on the other side of Cam Hart. We need to make sure that our safety depth moving forward, the young safety depth is re- ready to go. So there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts to it. And I think that obviously the attrition of losing a few guys after 2022 is, is why it's such a paramount position to fill. And it's also a, a phenomenal start. Like you said, because we'll talk about it a lot tonight. The two safeties we got in this class, Adon Schuler, Peyton Bowen, I feel like they could play well together. We'll talk about that fit, how they could potentially fit together, you know, down the road, potentially Justin Rett upgrading the cornerback position is always a good spot. And now I think that they really are in a position with where they have started in the defensive back class, where now they can really shoot for some of those higher regarded prospects, the guys that they really like in the recruiting circuit uh, for Notre Dame. So I, I really am excited about where they are, and I'm excited to see kind of how it evolves moving forward for Notre Dame as well. You know, I think we could talk about need all day long, and it's obviously a need. You talk about the guys that they lose. I think the even bigger thing for me is they need to uptick the talent. And, and beyond just like, so what they've been doing lately. So like you look at the 2021 class, which, you know, I like, I look at the 2022 Mm -hmm. class. I look at Benjamin Norris and Ryan Barnes. Mm -hmm. Those are two guys I like a lot, just like I like Carrie G. But the problem is a lot of these guys are really low floor, high ceiling guys. Carrie G was that way. He was a guy that if he pans out, I thought he could have been a good player, but there was also a lot of, I don't know, he's going to pan out in it. Same thing right. with Ryan Barnes. I think if Ryan Barnes reaches his gets into his ceiling territory, he's going to be a really good football player in Notre Dame. But mm-hmm. there's a ways to go before he gets to that point in time, which is why you see a lot of these guys not playing as freshmen, you know, because they're not that ready-made Derek Stingley show up and be ready to play as a freshman kind of guy. And and I feel like Notre Dame needs to continue to recruit players like that, but they're going to have to start landing a couple guys a year that are just like that. That dude's going to play the minute he steps foot on campus. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little too early for us to say that about Justin Rett, simply from a lack of availability from a film. And we'll get right. into that here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but size measurables and all that it's there. Peyton Bowen is a, if you're on the roster, the day he shows up, you better work kind of guy. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. I would argue that Adon Schuler, with the jump he made from sophomore to junior year, if he makes a similar senior year jump, he's another dude's like, you better make sure you don't like just assume he's going to sit for a year before, you know, you push for your job. And I think to me, that is that is what makes this class so far so mm-hmm. good and so important is these are kids that are not going to help you three, four years down the road. Right. If they continue to progress, because again, they're all just juniors in high school. If mm-hmm. they continue to progress the way that they have thus far, this is a group that adds athleticism, adds mm-hmm. playmaking, and adds this group is going to be able, able to help you right away. It's a very strong foundation. And the second part of this too is, Ryan, and we'll get into this a little bit more down the road, but getting yep. these three guys in early allows you to, to say, okay, now you can build on it. Having said sure. that, I want to prepare you all for something. Okay, Ryan, you know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. Justin Rett's a top 50 ranked football player. Peyton Bowen mm-hmm. is a top 50 ranked football player. The schools that want these kids are not going to stop recruiting them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> these are big time players from big time yep. areas. And when you recruit big time players from big time areas, guess what? They mm-hmm. may take visits. They're, you know, schools are going to still recruit them. That's the life of, of recruiting big boy football. So yep. brace yourselves. And if you are, if you are someone who is going to panic every time one of these kids gets offered or takes a visit, you may want to, you may want to take a step back from following recruiting this year because with Keon Keeley, with Brennan, well, not Brennan Vermin. I think he's pretty, he's about, I don't see him making visits, but with mm-hmm. Keon and Peyton and Justin Rett and, you know, guys like that, Cooper Flanagan, who was recently offered by Alabama, there's a chance some of these kids are going to get, you know, recruited and take visits. So brace yourself for it. But I do think they're all firm in their commitment right now, you yes. know, as firm as you can be, you know, in the modern era of recruiting. And so mm-hmm. that's why we're going to talk about them because this is a, Ryan, this is a, if you look at them as a trio, this group adds some serious playmaking ability to the secondary. Support for Irish Breakdown is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools, and Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code IRISH20STAR at manscaped.com. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived, and oh man, it's a game changer. I got my hands on one of these, and I was impressed. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, which I love, by the way, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Brief, which are incredibly comfortable, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. And look, the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4000K LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the annoying mess on the bathroom floor after a shave. You can take your grooming game even further. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and, nose and Ear Hair Trimmer, which has become increasing, increasingly more in need as I get older. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. 
And trust me when I say this, fellas, your important parts will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts of their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself and go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Irish20. Get 20% off your free shipping with the code Irish20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping, folks, at manscaped.com using the code Irish20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. The new year is a great time to focus on what's most important to you. Whether it's saving money by ordering less takeout, learning to cook, or prioritizing your wellness, HelloFresh is here to help with endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen so you can spend it on other resolutions with meals ready in around 30 minutes or less. Plus, quick and easy meals, including 20-minute recipes and low-prep, easy cleanup options provide an even faster route to putting food on the table. HelloFresh is the perfect solution for a family like mine. With five kids and virtually no free time in the calendar, HelloFresh brings us fresh ingredients, easy recipes, all in one convenient package. It even allows for the long sought after family time that we love. HelloFresh is something that the whole family loves to prepare and enjoys eating. Just go to HelloFresh.com slash Irish16 and use code Irish16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash Irish16 and use code Irish16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Remember, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the, the common theme, Brian, is is whether we're talking about defensive line, whether we're talking about linebackers, whether we're talking about the secondary, the key for the, the defense and the key for the staff is to get longer on all levels, right? And when you're talking specifically about, and this is, I mean, Adon Schuler is a very talented kid, and we'll get into that. But the length and the athleticism that both Rhett and Bowen have, I mean, they're going to be two of the freakier athletes of the secondary the minute they step on campus. So adding that type of length, that type of playmaking ability to the secondary, I think is paramount. And it's obviously what what Marcus Freeman was so successful at Cincinnati was he had those guys, right? Like he had the Sauce Gardeners. He had the Kobe Bryants. He had Brian Cook. He had... All these guys, the uh, James Wiggins that was there, that was you know off injured. Like they had guys that could present matchups all over the secondary, and no matter where you put guys, you had length to counteract them. Whether it's a tight end or a big slot or guy working outside the numbers, you had a guy that you could throw at those types of dudes. And that's what Notre Dame, I think, is building. They have different body types and long body types that will be able to counteract a lot of different alignments defensively, which is exciting. I mean, you saw that all over the championship game. I mean, you yep. see it all. I mean, when you want, when I watch the championship, I mean, and I don't think all those guys at Georgia and Alabama are necessarily great players, but man, they're long. Mm-hmm. They're all long. And if you look at, you know, Cam Hart, I mean, you Cam Hart can make a mistake and get and, and overcome it because not because he's a four two, although Cam Hart's faster than people realize. He's yeah. incredibly long, right? And we mm-hmm. saw that with Kyle Hamilton. I, I'll be willing to bet Kyle Hamilton's not going to run a four three combine. At least I don't think he will. Nah. I mean, with him, nah. I don't ever bet. I never bet against him on anything, but. It's just mm-hmm. the range, the length, you know, right. and, and those are the things that make him special. So clearly that's something that that 
that Marcus Freeman covets and, mm-hmm. and the secondary staff covets is length in the secondary. Absolutely. And this yep. group has that. And then we'll kind of get into it, Ryan. So let's let's first let's first kind of dive into Justin Rett, who is, mm-hmm. you know, a guy that we're gonna full disclosure. Okay, we're gonna talk about what we know of Justin Rett, and we're gonna share some things that we've learned from 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 somebody, some some folks that I know in the in the in the scouting, someone who can scout film, look at film with a very strong coaching background, who's seen a lot more of Justin Rett than we have. There's just not a mm-hmm. lot of film available. And so we're going to kind of go over a little bit of film that we have, give you our impression of what we see. But we're also relying on people that we know that are, and we're not talking about like somebody that works at this website. I'm talking about coaches and scouting, things like that, that have seen Justin Rett. And so we're going to have to rely a little bit on that for now until we get more film, right? And that's mm-hmm. the thing. So just understand that as we kind of dive into this to this conversation, there's just not a lot of film on him. And I and I wonder if that's partly why you see this crazy rankings Variance. range, yeah. which again, we've <laughs> talked about it last week. You're going to see more and more of this moving forward because as you have four different recruiting services, you have four different agendas and mm-hmm. agendas drive rankings now. But right now, you're, you're, this is kind of – and to me, he is, in my opinion, of what I've seen of Justin Rett so far, the people I've talked to that have seen him, I would say he's closer to the top two than the bottom two. I don't right. know if I'm ready to put him in the top 50 category yet just because I I just don't have enough. Mm-hmm. But what I do know, I can comfortably say he's a – for me, he's a top 100 football player in my sure. opinion. Yep. Just the measurables, the athletic traits, those things alone to me make him a, a top hundred guy. So uh, you're you're going to see a lot of this. You're not going to see it with Peyton Bowen, but you're going to see this with a lot of guys. There's just these weird, just strange variances when it comes to when it comes to these guys. So let's let's kind of talk about Justin as a player and what we do know and what we can say based on what we've seen and what we've talked to. Mm-hmm. Number one, Ryan, the first thing that stands out is this is a big kid. And this is a kid with really good size. But I'll say this too: if you look at him in the face and you look at his body, mm-hmm. he's 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 got a young body. And what I mean by that is, you look at kids and some of these kids that are like 16 years old and they look like they're grown men. That right. guy's not going to get a whole lot bigger and stronger. He, he's just he's kind of already hit that physical growth spurt. Justin mm-hmm. looks young, which he means he's going to keep filling out. He's going to get stronger. You're going to see a jump. You're going to see a little bit of juice come out of him, you know, before he gets to junior, senior year. You're going to see that jump and, and explosiveness a little bit. That's what you normally see from those kind of things. And it's one of the things you look for in an evaluation is like, does this kid look like he's got a body that's got a lot of left, a lot of room to grow? Or is this a kid that kind of looks like when he gets on campus, he's going to look a lot as a senior in the college, he's going to look a lot like he does as a senior in high school. There are just right. some kids like that. And to me, great size. Strong for his age, but still has a lot of room for development in that frame, Ryan. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's it's a part of – and I, I had a question in a mailbag, I think, the first week I put it out because someone asked me what was this, some similarities between scouting for the NFL draft and then trying to project how high schoolers will transition to college. And I think body typing is the same kind of conversation, right? Like, like you said, you can look at his frame and see the length everywhere. And you can also still see that there's a lot of room to grow. So I I think most, most of the platforms have him listed about six foot one, 185 to 187 pounds, somewhere in that ballpark. This kid, I think, could comfortably carry 195, 200 pounds, and that's when he reshapes. I was his told body. he's already up to 200. 
right now. Wow, yeah. is he really? Now That's it's incredible. winter, right? It's yeah. winter, so that you he's probably it might got, not be all know, good weight. Yeah, <laughs> and not just good weight, but like it's weight room weight. Right. Mm -hmm. That's that's where it is. It's like that's why guys tend to be way more in the spring than they do in the fall, because you sure. get that weight room weight, weight, which is kind of part of the year evolution. It's like build up that strength and then then you work on endurance, then you work on explosiveness and that kind of thing. So I would imagine sure. he'll be a little bit closer to 195 ish, but he's already mm -hmm. kind of put on some of that weight already. Uh, and he's with his trainers and things like that. So, yes, you you are correct, Ryan. He. He is already kind of tapping into that, which is why I'm really looking forward to seeing him, you know, this spring. And if he's, I don't know if he's going to be in any camps or not, but, you know, I'm hoping he comes to Notre Dame and works out this summer and, and those sure. type of things, because I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him see what kind of growth he's made as a player. Yeah. Kind of tying into that first point. The thing I like is it's one thing to be big. Mm -hmm. But if you're big for no reason, then it doesn't really matter how big you are. You've got to know how to use that size. And that's the thing you see about Justin is he understands who he is as a player. Yeah. I'm six foot plus. I'm 190 plus. I have pretty good arm length. It's not elite arm length like Cam Hart arm length, but it's good. It's definitely at least above average in my opinion, if not, you know, on the, the good side. Yeah. Uh, which sometimes can be hard to tell with corners because they're always kind of got their arms tucked. You know yeah. what I mean? But mm -hmm. it looks to have good arm length in some of the videos I've seen. But he knows how to use it. Fast hands, strong hands, and he wants to play a physical brand of cover football. And I think mm -hmm. that's important, too, for a kid his size. And also for the fit in the Notre Dame defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I think one question that maybe people have is, why is length so important? Because I know you mentioned range, right? Like you always talk about, you know, the ability to cover ground. Like that's why length is important. But also the length for a cornerback specifically is at the line of scrimmage and at the catch point. Like those are two places where length is paramount. The ability to get inside on a chest and have a calculated punch and make sure that our, our, our feet are still connected while we make that punch. But that length that we have there to strike, to keep him to, to kind of keep the uh, wide receiver in his place away from you. And then when we're talking about down the field, whether it is something, a short and breaking route, or it's something, you know, down the field on a vertical plane, the ability to, you know, get close that ground, mm -hmm. to close that gap, to get that hand in the passing, passing lane. Like that is paramount for the position. And that's why length matters so much, not only at the line of scrimmage, but also down the football mm -hmm. field to be able to close that gap. Cause some people can close that gap with just speed. Some people close that gap with length. Some people have both kind of like just the red hats. Right. I think if you want to know why length is important, I would say mm -hmm. go watch Purdue's corners against Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Go watch Cincinnati. Go watch, just watch anything that Ahmed Gardner does. Right. And Kobe Bryant, <laughs> Kobe Bryant's got some really good length too. Yep. Uh, go, go look at what Oklahoma state did to Notre Dame. You know, just how they were able in that second half to use that length and that physicality in coverage because it's that combination. You could be long, but if you don't use your length, if you're just long and you just kind of want to read and react and all that kind of stuff, there's some sure. effectiveness to that. But I feel like like if you watch Ahmed Gardner, Ryan, I don't think he's necessarily – you tell me if you've watched more than I have, so you correct me I if I'm wrong. A lot. Yep. I don't think he's super powerful, right? Like he's not like that, that guy that's just going to like jam you up like – you know, I remember talking to a receiver that played against Dre Bly, and he's like, man, you'd get after a game, your ribs, your forearms, like you're just bruised <laughs> all over because he was so powerful with his hands and so physical. Like mm -hmm. Ahmed's not that, but he knows how to use his – where he becomes physical is once you transition and his hands mm -hmm. get onto you, that's where his physicality takes over. 
And that's what we talk about being physical in coverage. Isn't like just necessarily coming up and just punching a guy at the line of scrimmage. That's going to only work so much. But if you try to do that all game against a, guy, a Devontae Smith, you know, a, a, a player, a, a, um, I'm trying to think like Jalen Waddle, Garrett Wilson, they're going to beat you a few times. Yeah. And once you, once you come with that force and you lose, <laughs> mm-hmm. strike up the band for the other team, right? Like there's got to be some control to that physicality. But if you're physical at the line, but then you're not physical once you transition, you're not going to be as dominant. What makes guys like Ahmed Gardner so good is the way that he uses his hands once he transitions. And to me, that's what separates the good corners from the elite corners. And Justin has a lot of work to do from a technical standpoint because he's young, right? I mean, he's Mm -hmm. coached well for a junior in high school, but he's still a junior in high school. The potential is there for that to become a major strength of his game, which is something I think is very important when looking at projecting him to the next level. Yeah, I think that especially a lot of younger corners, they get a little overzealous at the line of scrimmage. I, I forget who it was. There was a corner that came out a couple years ago that had like 33 or 34 inch arms coming into the NFL. And I mean, everyone's like, oh, look at that length, press man corner. Well, he was so preoccupied with the upper body movement, right? In the, and he would end up lunging and his feet would get stuck in sand instead of activating it all together. It's all about calculated punch, mm-hmm. right? Like that's where that length, you need to make sure that you're, that your feet are working with your upper body or else you're going to kind of be in a bad situation. Like you're talking about, you mentioned a bunch of guys that have wide receiver speaking that have great releases, right? Like they make guys miss at the line of scrimmage. And then once they do, they can't recover. And, but, and sometimes corners can have bad punches because they have that length and they can recover, but usually Mm-hmm. activating that length at the line of scrimmage is something where it's more calculated than it is. Right. I'm just going to knock you out. Right. Type of thing. Right. Yeah. Was it, did it happen to be like either greedy Williams or Jawan Williams? Those are the first two guys that were super long. Uh, Jawan. Oh man. I, I dislike Jawan's film so much, man. He, he, he was one of those guys. He absolutely was. He was one of those guys that would just try to beat you up. But at some point it was like, Jawan, you need to take that back a little bit, man. Cause you're giving up a lot more than you should be giving up right mm-hmm. now. Like let's, use it right so yeah joe Adway is definitely one i don't really remember man I, i'm trying to remember what my thoughts about greedy i, I, I remember greedy being over the aggressive at the line yeah, yeah. I don't remember. i'm just like thinking passive. about all long corners well, I don't, yeah and that's partly what hurt greedy against miles boykin in the in the 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 uh what was it the camping world bowl or is it citrus yeah. bowl, i think right? it was camping world wasn't it now it was I could citrus, be wrong. Was citrus oh, when they playing the citrus yeah it was camping world bowl in 2017 mm-hmm. and it was a music city bowl in 2014 is when they yeah. played it uh, but yeah, he he wasn't willing to be physical with Miles, and so Miles just stacked him up and beat him, just ran past him because Miles is a lot faster than people realize. But I think the third thing, obviously, we talk about high football IQ. He has plus route recognition to me, which the thing about Justin you have to understand is he didn't really play sophomore his sophomore season. Right, Nevada is one of the states that canceled football. There was like a yeah. little bit of like a spring seven on seven ish and like a couple spring games, I believe, but like they didn't, he missed a whole year of development of in-game development. And so that puts him behind a little bit, the eight ball too. And even sure. despite that lack of just reps, uh, you, you look at it and say, man, boy, that was, um, that was, um, this kid, this kid, no, his kid's got the mind for the position. Like this kid's smart. Sure. This kid, you can tell he watches film, you can tell he studies the game. You can see him because it's not just knowing like, OK, hey, I see this in cuts coming, but then being able to plant and beat that guy to a spot. Right. So mm-hmm. it's the instincts of seeing the route, but then knowing the angle to attack. You see some of that on film. 
And and that to me, you know, the way he plays the ball, and we'll get to some of this. You even saw it, like there's some practice film from his sophomore, like spring of his sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was citrus in 2017. It was camping world was 2019 against Iowa State. Which just same, that, it's the yeah. same stadium, which is mm-hmm. where I got confused because it's the same stadium, but it's just a different name. Mm-hmm. But you see, you'll see him like he'll he'll be playing like there's one clip that we'll get to where he's playing cover two. And he yep. just reads the quarterback eyes and just jumps underneath the corner route and just picks it off. You know, yep. he's got a, he's got a really smart mind for the game. And the thing that impressed Notre Dame people is you can see it a little bit on film. Mm-hmm. But when he showed up to camp this summer, Notre Dame didn't have any film on him because he didn't play as a sophomore. They just knew right. he had size and went to a great program and great grades, comes from a good family. I mean, you knew all that stuff. So you knew he was a Notre Dame kid in that regard. But, you know, what kind of player is he? And Justin hadn't really taken off as a prospect yet because nobody'd seen him yet. And he ran two back to back four fours for Notre Dame. Yeah. At that side. So it was it was like four four seven, four four five, yeah. right? Like yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like his hot his yeah. slowest his slowest was a four four eight. I think he ran two yeah. of them. And the other one mm-hmm. was 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 better than that. And so, like, okay, six foot plus at the time he was like 185 plus and and a four four kid. And mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of that that's was like, okay, yeah box check when you're that long and you can and you have that kind of long because here's why right well i'm gonna I'm explain ryan you why is it important to have why is 40 time important for a corner because again 40 time is is as much about the long speed as the initial quickness right why is that mm-hmm. important for a corner especially a corner that's going to play as much man as notre dame is going to ask their corners to play explain that why that's an important trait I mentioned it a little bit, right? Like some sometimes things isn't always going to be perfect at the line of scrimmage, but when you're opening up and you're getting into a trail position, right? The, you, to be able to close that ground because, I mean, you always see like, I think most people think of like, hey, oh, guy's running a fade, right? He's going to get an outside release and he's going to go down. But the ability to transition, flip your hips and then get out of the blocks, quote unquote, right? And then be able to run and open up, that speed really shines kind of working down um, just – straight down the field so that 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 opening up and just running vertically only happens when you're playing against notre dame's receivers well okay well most receivers (laughs) i'm 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 I'm, I'm having some fun i know like what what'll happen is is like so if i'm a receivers coach and ryan you know if i'm receiving ryan's a db and i'm trying to get an outside release and an outside vertical route one of two things is going to happen either well one of three things he's either going to be head up on me outside Mm -hmm. of me or inside of me right and so as a as a receiver i'm i depending on how he's lined up is how I'm going to attack him. So if he's lined up inside of me, I'm going to do some lean outside and try to stick him inside to get him thinking I'm inside. Cause what you teach a receiver is if he's inside of you, there's a reason he's inside of you. You want to sure. threaten his leverage. Cause if you threaten his leverage, usually corners are going to kind of overreact more because they're protecting against the inside move with their leverage. You want to mm-hmm. threaten that because that's when they kind of get on their heels and then bam, you get on top of them and you, you know, you, you, kind of pull away outside then you stack them and then you've got to beat you need mm-hmm. that long speed to kind of be able to open you know you got that plant if you don't handle it right you need to be able to open and run with that guy if a guy's mm-hmm. playing head up on me i'm going to try to take make some kind of move see which way he's leaning and then try to make a move off of him if he's outside of me you know i'm going to press him outside get him to widen and then slip inside of him and be able to stack him on top in that direction right well, as a corner, you need to be able to recover, but then in that position, you need to be able to recover and kind of get back inside, you know, and as because if you're playing a big corner and he's 6'4 and you're outside of him, that ball's getting caught, right? And so you've got to get back in phase with proper phase with him. 
if you're a four six guy and you don't have or 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 if you are a guy that doesn't have good long speed, once you get out of phase, you're out of phase. You're just beat against good corners. And that's why that four four is important for Justin because he's going to be allowed to overcome mistakes. It also gives Notre Dame, if a guy's a four four as a corners coach or a D coordinator, I'm going to be more willing to say, hey, let's let's be aggressive with him because he can recover if he gets beat. Right. So it's going to allow you to be more aggressive where if a guy doesn't have recovery speed, a perfect example, watch Clarence Lewis in the bowl game. Once they stacked him, he was done. He, he couldn't recover. He doesn't have he doesn't have the speed to recover. Right. Cam Hart does. Right. Troy Pride did. So I think that's an important piece to this uh, with 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 him as well. Now, this last piece is his his film is really inconsistent when it comes to, in my opinion, Ryan, showing agility and transition ability. It's really inconsistent. Some snaps he looks to have it. Some snaps he doesn't. And I think part of it is, is just sometimes as a young player, your footwork's not always going to be as precise as a junior in high school as it will be when you're a junior in college, right? And if your feet aren't right, you're going to look like you are tight. Then there's clips where he's tight. So I asked some people that have seen him in, you know, on game film, they've seen him in person, and they said his feet and his transitions are really clean. That was the word that was given to me, really clean. And that's what that that's a big compliment for a corner, right? You want that, right? That that's a good, that's a good thing to be clean. It means there's no tightness, there's no because what you don't want to do is there's there's an express a heavy-footed guy playing corner what that means is when you plant that foot gets stuck in the ground a little bit and it takes a while for you to get out of that and into your transition whether it's to be planting downhill whether it's to be working laterally you want guys that are planting getting out quick right and that's what ryan shows it or justin shows at times ryan may, ryan may show it on film i haven't seen ryan's film you know i haven't been able to evaluate that but I, I was that, a, i was a downhill linebacker i wasn't changing okay. direction too much okay okay, <laughs> okay. um but when you see a when you see a corner like Justin that has if you know if he can play that way, man, six foot plus, one ninety plus, four four speed, strong IQ, and have clean transitions, that's why some people look at him and say top fifty football player, because that's really the total package in a corner. I mean, and that's really what you're looking for. Yeah, no, top fifty talent for sure. Obviously, we're waiting to you know just kind of see the full scope of what he can be right. The full, um, the full film to just validate that. Cause it's, I mean, I honestly thought, and I know we'll talk about it more. I agree with you. I think that his change of direction, his, his um, short area quickness, I thought was plus for his size. I do think that there's some times where we'll talk about, I, I think that his feet get a little outside of his frame a little bit, right. Where they gets a right. little bit wide. That's going to affect the transitions. And we'll get into that. Cause I'm sure that we're going to see a, yeah. a couple clips where it's a little bit in there, but for his size, I think that that gives you so much possibility. Cause we talked about activating the length at the line of scrimmage, mm -hmm. activating the length down the football field. And then if he has, short area explosiveness right. that we're talking about ability to play a bunch of different multiple right. of coverages. Now, the reason it's important to note what we just said is because if you see clips of a guy looking tight or looking slow footed, that's obviously going to make you think he's tight or slow footed. But then if maybe half of his clips show foot quickness and smooth hip tightness, transition ability, smooth. I mean, there's all types of different expressions people use. Basically, the ability to open and run clean, smooth football, right? I've taught Ryan and I were joking about this 
here's what it's going to look like, right? So I'm at the Notre Dame Pro Day in 2019. So it was like right after the 2018 season. And they're doing a backpedal drill. So what you do is you put a guy on the line, on the sideline, and, you know, you like the 25-yard line going across. And you have him backpedal, and then you have him change direction, right? And you point, he's got to change direction. If a guy's got loose hips, he's going to stay right on that line and flip, stay right on that line. So we're while I'm watching Drew Tranquil do that, and Ryan, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. It's like, I mean, he's right on that line. He's just flipping his hips and right on that line. And then Tavon Coney does it, and he turns it into a zigzag drill, right? Because he's not he's so tight in the hips that when he turns, it's slow, but it takes his whole body with him. That's a guy with tight hips, right? So that's – now, if Drew Tranquil's footwork wasn't good, he would have been zigzagging too, but he had the, the athletic talent. So – that's what we say is if you can see a kid do it four or five times, he has the potential to do it. A guy doesn't have tight hips on one seer on one play and then loose hips on the next one. He either has one or the other, right? And if he's got loose hips, sometimes he has loose hips. It's usually a technical thing. That's the problem. And that's where you got to start looking into what's his technique like, what's his footwork like, right? You know, some guys lean back too much. Some guys lean up too much. Some guys get too wide of a base. Some guys get too long in their pedal. Some guys can get a little too choppy in their pedal. It's all types of different things you can look at, which is why Nick Saban doesn't teach backpedal. Nick Saban just says, okay, I don't like backpedal. It's not a natural thing. We're not going to backpedal, right? Which makes sense. I, makes makes sense. sense to me. I mean, yeah. It really makes a ton of sense. You don't have to transition if you're playing in Bama. You know what I mean? So um, so let's dive into the, some film, Ryan, and we'll, we'll show people that. And, and the, first, the first film that we're going to see is it's not super, super clear. So just – Bear with us a little bit on that, but it, it it's huddle film, so we're going to get a chance to see it. But you're going to see him. He is a, he plays at Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas, so this field is going to look very familiar to all of you. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into let's dive into Justin's film. This is a play where again you see his footwork a little bit out of place, but that is a really clean transition, Ryan. Smooth, yeah, it's smooth. It's really smooth because you can see he has inside leverage to start. The, the the wide receiver has a slight head fake outside, takes an outside release, and then is because he's trying to run an inside slant, right? Like he wants he wants Justin to open up towards mm-hmm. the, towards the sideline. But he, do you see when he turns his chest a little towards the sideline, just a quick twitch there to get back into mm-hmm. phase is I mean that's fantastic for a longer guy. If you're a corners coach, you don't care that his technique got him in trouble. You don't because that's why you get paid six figures, right? Exactly. To coach that. What yep. you care about is that right there. Can he flip his hips with ease? Yes, he can. And watch how quick his feet are in that transition, like just real smooth. This one I'm talking about, watch his right foot. When his right foot gets on the ground, mm-hmm. right, it doesn't really like plant. You know, he's he's off of it and driving. And that's with him having too wide of a base there. His right foot is way outside of where it should be, but he's still able to quickly get off that thing. And that's that's what you want to see. And then you see the recovery speed from them mm-hmm. as well but you're definitely going to notice the size this kid brings a lot of size to the table for sure he's a physical player i love the physicality does a nice job here of not reaching with his right arm no. i like that that's a bad i mean you see that in the nfl still guys are playing this way when they go to reach with that inside arm they the natural habit is to is to you is to use your outside arm which in this case mm-hmm. would be his right arm to kind of grab hold and does a nice job of not doing that and just getting to the ball with his his inside arm. 
And guys, guys panic there too, right? If you're not a, mm-hmm. if you're not a good athlete, right there, you're going to panic. You're going to start grabbing. You could just see that he's comfortable staying in the hip pocket right mm-hmm. there and able to get the pass breakup. You can see the comfortability in mm-hmm. that. Look at that block destruction. I love this. Mm-hmm. That's that strong hands. That's a big boy. That's a tight end coming at him. If you watch, it's a big kid, and he just, I mean, just with ease. And look how quickly he gets off of that block and gets to the ball carry. Bam! Love it. I mean, that's awesome. Lo- that's that is that is, I mean, that's coach tape right there. That's teaching tape right there that you're putting on. Like, okay, nope, that nope. one's going in our drills next year. Some people don't care, but no quicker way to my heart than a cornerback tackling. Mm-hmm. That tells me something about his attitude, Ryan. That that that's mm-hmm. more the thing for me. It's like, okay, does especially in high school kids, you know, yep. like, are, are you a guy that's I'm out here to cover people? Now this kid's out here to win football games. Love this mm-hmm. play right here, and then comes up, goes low. That's the last thing. He is a good, sound form tackler. Absolutely. Yeah. He goes low. He goes for the legs. I love it. He just rides this poor kid into the bleachers. You can tell he's really coached. And obviously, we talked about mm-hmm. Bishop Gorman being a good program. You can see, you can see it there. Although he missed, I mean, he basically missed, and this is for if there's any teachers out there, he basically had a gap year, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. with the sophomore yeah. season. Yeah. So he's literally a year behind from a playing perspective, right? But you can see just the comfortability again. I, I think w- when you see guys at the cornerback position that don't seem to rush anything, they let mm-hmm. it come to them, they trust their ability. It's God given. Mm-hmm. That's a confidence in himself. You're absolutely right. So again, I, this is this is this part. Like, yes, he's well coached, but he's still a junior in high school. And this right. is not. This is. I mean, you see what 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 I don't like here with this technique. He's got too wide of a base. He's mm-hmm. flat footed, right? So he's going to have to have a a, a a a weight transfer at the snap before he can do anything. That right. that I can coach that out of him in a spring. You know what I mean? Like if I'm a if I'm a corners coach. That's just that young guy thing that he's still his body's still learning that he's still doing the muscle memory aspects of that. So you know, well coached for his age, and he's only going to get better. You don't want a guy that is a ready made product as a junior in high school. <laughs> trust, trust me on that. No, we, we don't get maxed out when we're juniors. Yeah. We don't want that. <laughs> I love this compete here. He's got to be more. If you're going to punch your hands, you've got to be more forceful with your hands. Yeah, in my opinion. But I love the compete level there. That's one of those ones where you can kind of see good length there. You, you know, you, you see those, see how his hands drop. You see yep. good length there. That guy never gets into his chest. That's another positive. Mm-hmm. A lot to improve there technically, but I love the compete level. All right, a little bit of off coverage here. Mm-hmm. Working downhill. So what I love about this, this is a really, this is one of my favorite reps of Justin Rett. Okay, let me explain why. There's two things on there's two things on this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number one, he's reading slant at first. Sure. Okay, because the receiver's running a route. And you see him right here. He sees slant and he is trying to beat that guy to his upfield shoulder. Upfield shoulder means he's trying to beat that guy inside. That's how you play a slant. If you get behind on a slant route on in off coverage, you're beat. The only mm-hmm. way you can play a slant from behind is if you're in press, because then you can be in front of it, right? And you, but if you're in off coverage and the slant's being run in front of you, you've got to beat him to the spot, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's what he's doing here. But watch how quickly he recognizes run and then gets back outside. Because if yep. he beat, if he does, here's the thing: if he doesn't recognize run here, 
and he beats that corner inside, that makes him very blockable. And there's nobody outside if that corner, if that running back gets through the first line. There's yep. nobody some, outside of him. And some guys will also just get overzealous, right? They want to get involved in the play, and then they'll cut inside of that block as well. So you're not maintaining, yep. you're not maintaining that contain. Absolutely. Yep. That is that is when I talk about high football IQ, that right mm-hmm. there is a perfect example. Reads pass, sees run, and quickly gets outside and makes that play. That that this is one of them, and it's 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 not like a oh man, look at that great play, like a typical highlight reel play. But for me as a football coach, that tells me this kid has a mind for the game. I love that. And he's competitive. He wants to get in on the play as well. Mm-hmm. So here's the bottom of the screen. Again, this is another thing where his footwork gets him in a little bit of trouble initially. Mm-hmm. Just to, like you said, Ryan, explain it again. This is a perfect example of what you're talking about earlier about his getting outside of his base. Yeah. When you're, so when you're, it's, it's natural, right? Like our power position, everything we do, whether we're squatting, whether we're power cleaning, whatever we're doing, we want to keep that, that base, which is about shoulder width apart. And we're talking about that, that when we start getting further and further outside of that, especially at a cornerback position or a position that, you know, you need change of direction, you're just slower, right? Like you're at a position where you just, your, your levers are so far outside your frame that it's just going to take an added extra step to get out of, to, to, uh, to change direction there. You're not in a power position to change direction. So when he's outside of his frame like that, everything just gets a little clunkier um, when you're transitioning. Now, why is this on a highlight tape? Because you see him recover <laughs> and get hands on downfield. Yeah, that's that that understand that toughness, right? And then just I mean, it takes the guy right out of bounds. And this yeah, is a pass the, play too. I mean, yep. they're trying to yep. throw deep, and he just takes this guy out of bounds. Yep, he almost knocked over the Gatorade cooler. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Like if I'm a receivers coach, that kid's not playing another snap for me that game, <laughs> right? I mean, he you you just got you just got your like soul taken from you as a receiver. Like that's there's nothing worse that can happen to you than that. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nice pedal. It gets again, feet get a little bit outside of, but you can see the clean transitions, the just yep. getting downhill quickly. And look at the patience, right? Like they're mm-hmm. in a they're they're in a they're in a trips formation. They're in a bunch there. They're trying to make defensive backs guess wrong, basically, right? They're trying to, to, mm-hmm. to capitalize off a of miscommunication, and he's just able to stay patient and then come downhill and make a make a solid tackle. And by going low, he's able to help kind of eliminate the the stiff arm. And mm-hmm. this also is another example of why length is important. For sure. If he's got little stubby 31-inch arms, he's getting stiff-armed here. Yep. And he's and he's not making that tackle, but he's got that length where even that even though that guy gets – this is a decent stiff arm by this kid. You know, gets it right on the helmet. He's mm-hmm. able to get his hands out and and make the tackle. Yep. This is where you see that length. Yeah, like we talked about Drake Bowen a little bit, and I don't think we uh, – last week on the recruiting show, and I don't think we really mentioned like tackle radius as much because mm-hmm. Drake's not the the longest guy in the world, right? But that that's kind of where it comes in handy here. You're playing outside of your frame in the run game. You're able to close ground and able to make tackles outside of your frame. Like you don't have to be in close quarters mm-hmm. necessarily to make the tackle. I like the toughness there. Yep. You see, it, it, you see the snap through the hips too. Like you see their mm-hmm. power there. He, I, I feel bad for these. Who I don't know who this school is, but these receivers are getting just manhandled. <laughs> they sure are. I mean, are. like you got to be a little careful with that. You don't want to, like, th- I, what what this clip shows me is this shows me toughness and strength. Mm-hmm. This isn't necessarily what I want to be doing in in college a ton because if that guy's a good receiver, once you lunge at him like that, he's slipping inside of you and beating you. 
You know what I mean? But but it shows me toughness. It shows me the desire to be physicality. As that gets refined and he's going against better receivers, this is what we talk about. Like, you don't know what you don't know till you, don't, you realize you don't know it. You talk right. about like Deion Colsey. Like, you can get away with this because you're just so talented and better than that guy. Then you mm-hmm. get to college and Tobias Merriweather, you know, stems you out. You lunge and then he flips inside of you and then smokes you. You're like, oh, okay. All right. Uh, I got I to gotta do better next time. And that makes you better. Makes you a better sure. player when you get tested like that. Mm-hmm. But I love the I love the toughness. Just taking people's souls on defense against that poor team. <clears throat> All right, Gimme's in off diagnosing. So he's he's flipping his hips towards the middle of the field, which tells you that he's in zone coverage. Right, it's a zone turn. Comes downhill, block destruction, takes him to the sideline. You see the length again, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's keeping that kid off his body. He, this kid competes, Ryan. That's why like. this yep. kid really battles. Mm-hmm. You see, his kind of his feet kind of get a little bit away from him, and some of this st- stuff is is um, this clip right here is a sophomore clip. And so these number eighteen clips, like this one here, this is sophomore mm-hmm. film mixed in with junior film. This yep. number two is a junior. It's funny if you look at his stats too. It just seems like uh, you know teams just weren't throwing at him much, nope. <laughs> which makes sense. Nope. Yep. He's got another DB. I mean, the safety on that team went to USC. He's a five-star recruit. Mm-hmm. Now this is one of those ones where this this is a rough transition, but if you watch it, it's a footwork thing. His feet, yeah. his he his his footwork here in the transition keeps him from opening his hips, and it looks slow. Mm-hmm. But that's a you can identify why that is. But you see the, you know, you see him playing the ball and it get, looks back to the ball, doesn't lose the receiver, right? That's something I like to see. Do you lose the receiver when you look back for the, you know, back to the quarterback? And he doesn't here. That was yep. also that was also sophomore film. Yep. So and let's get. Go ahead. Ryan. I was just going to say, and, and you're obviously you're just looking at ball skills there, right? Mm-hmm. The ability to play the ball in the air. Uh, like you said, the pedal wasn't great. His feet got very close during that transition. His pad level got a little pop, popped up a little bit when he's flipping, but just the ball skills. And then again, like you can just see the natural tools just pop off the screen. Mm-hmm. Kid. I want to, I, I got to address something. I'm sorry. I'm going to lose yep. my mind here. So uh, David Solomon, number one, can we chill out with the tight end talk? We're, we're talking recruiting here, uh, but couple couple things real quick just because someone coached with someone doesn't mean it's a bk hire because let me remind you mike elston was a bk hire someone that been with, my, with with brian kelly for a long time that he brought here with him did a pretty good job okay so that doesn't mean it this is a good hire this is someone who was an offensive coordinator in the big 12 last year that's now just going to be your tight ends coach okay uh in regards to this one okay says the number one tight end coach and recruit in the country tim brewster First of all, Tim Brewster is not the best tight ends coach in the country. He is considered the best tight end recruiter in the country. But the things that make Tim Brewster a good recruiter, you can't do at Notre Dame. And I'm going to leave it at that. So with all due respect, I would never, ever, I wouldn't even return a phone call if I was Marcus Freeman and Tim Brewster called me. Because I'd be afraid that phone call would somehow get me on probation. Okay? So not happening. Okay? This is a guy that that has coached receivers in the ACC in the Big Ten. He's coached tight ends in the Big Ten. And he's a guy that Marcus Freeman has seen firsthand that can coach and recruit. Okay, Not everybody, just because you you worked with someone doesn't make that a disqualifying attribute. Okay, 
So I just keep seeing this and it's kind of, was kind of, kind of plucking my last nerve. And it's like, but now that we've discussed this, okay, can we get back to, to talking corner recruiting, which is the, uh, the topic of the show tonight, not, not corners coach. So I want to, our tight ends coach, I want to bring up, this is Ryan, some film of last spring. And this is just some practice film. And there's some Mm -hmm. really good clips in here of him. Uh, just moving some good movement stuff here, which is why I wanted sure. to pull this one up. All right. And David, I love you, man. I'm not, it's, it's, I've had to answer this question like 15 times today about Tim Brewster. So it's not you that I'm frustrated by. It's just, you know, you get asked that question so many times and it's like, okay, I get that y'all don't know Tim Brewster like I do, but no, 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 no. There's a reason Tim Brewster is currently unemployed also, by the way. And a lot of tight end coaches have been hired, and he hasn't isn't one of them. Okay, so let's get let's get to this. This is so this is technically from the spring of his sophomore year. And you can this is these clips, Ryan. You know, without pads and stuff, you can really see the length in some of these clips. Yep. Like look how like his upper arm. You can see how low it hangs down. That's a good mm-hmm. sign. Now again, the press technique not good, no. but the length good. But that'll come. What I love mm-hmm. is the compete level there. Mm-hmm. There he's playing field corner. And off coverage. Zone. This is the play I was talking about, right? Like he's he's got, he's in zone. He doesn't bite down too hard, but he's got to let that quarterback know I'm taking the hitch, right? Because mm-hmm. that's his that's his responsibility. He in cover two, his responsibility is the flat if the flat is threatened. Okay. Right. Now, so if you know if this hitch gets thrown, you're banging it. But what he does is he steps to the hitch, which is responsibility, but he's got his eyes on the quarterback. A good mm-hmm. zone defender knows that you can't just read the route. You have to read the route through to the quarterback, okay? That's sure. what makes a good zone defender. You can yep. see he does that here. He's playing the hitch, but he's got his eyes inside. He reads the quarterback, and the quarterback is just staring down this corner route, and mm-hmm. Justin sees it and opens up and goes and picks it off. Yep, just trying to high-low him. You're, try, you're trying yeah. to make – so he, he splits the difference. The good thing with a kid like this is that he's such a good athlete that he could probably even cheat a little bit more to mm-hmm. the corner and still yep. come back towards the football. Like that's where the God-given ability comes in, mm-hmm. but also he was coached well to split the difference there and yep. in cover two. Yep, really smooth transition here. I, I really – this this is one of my favorite clips on this one, Ryan. You just see him like kind of turn and get downhill, yeah. just really smooth and clean trans. You talk about clean transition. This is one of those examples, in my opinion. Because that's soft- not a, that's not an easy turn, right there. Like that's that's no. an that's an athletic move, right there. Right, right. And this is him as a sophomore in high school. Yep. Because you're opening up vertically, right? Like you're running, mm-hmm. and then you're completely flipping your hips to the sideline and coming down on a forty-five degree mm-hmm. angle. Like that is not an easy turn at all. Mm-hmm. Much lighter feet here than we see some some of the film. You see this here. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Be light on your feet. Don't plant your feet like we were saying, seeing on some of the some of the other things. I like again. I like the compete level. This is one of those ones where you can see the length a lot better than on some of that game film. Let's see him down here. Look how look how long his arms are. Mm-hmm. This is a clip where you can kind of see that Ryan. You're hanging. Yep, they're mm-hmm. hanging down there. Good zone defender. It. I love this. Stays keeps his depth, but doesn't just pedal out of there, right? And now he's in position to play that route. If he's just pedaling, 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 you know, then and and just that guy's gonna, you know, he's not gonna be in position to jump this guy. Yep. Wow. Okay, Ryan, here we go. My man Toe Jam. 
clean, smooth transition like BK's transition to LSU. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> like, well like, his done, dance, like his dance, his dance moves actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, love this. All right, this is you're, you're got a post wheel concept, right? Actually, mm-hmm. dig wheel. Okay, he's got his eyes inside. He knows his responsibility. Sees that. So as soon as so, what's happening here is as soon as that receiver breaks inside, he's got to get his eyes inside to see if he's being threatened outside. Okay, mm-hmm. if he's not being threatened outside, sorry, then he's going to continue to squeeze inside on that end cut, right? That's but he down. gets his eyes inside and sees the wheel and stays on top of it. This is. When I talk about that high football IQ, Ryan, mm-hmm. perfect example. And you've talked about being in phase, right? Yep. That means different things, but you want to stay on top of this wheel route. You mm-hmm. absolutely want to stay on top of it. He does it, and bam, does just that's just textbook for a young kid. I mean, that and is spe- really good speaking, stuff. Speaking as a former high school coach, there is no bigger frustration than watching kids sometimes when they're playing cover three and you're running some type of like we just saw a dig wheel, but like if it's a post wheel or something like that, and they always seem to get sucked in on that <laughs> on that post, man. Like they always they just are running right down the middle of the field, and you're like, uh, that wheel's wide open for a touchdown to the mm-hmm. sideline. Thank you very much, yep. though. So I I very much love the fact that we're talking about a kid that has good zone awareness. I love as that. a sophomore in high school. Yes, so you, you love to see it. You love to see it. All right, our next player in the topic of conversation is Peyton Bowen. Mm-hmm. He is a safety from Denton Geyer High School in Texas. Ryan, this is a Big time football player. This was a huge commitment from Notre Dame. And, and people say, why would you take a kid's commitment if you know he's going to take visits? Number one, Notre That's Dame good. didn't know, didn't know yeah. he was going to take a com- visit, right? And they've said, hey, right. we don't mind if you want to take visits. Just let us know, right? Mm-hmm. I believe it was Tom Loy reported that, and, and we'll, we're trying to get confirmation of that. But that's kind of what you do. But it's I would rather him be taking visits as our commit, if you're a Notre Dame coach, than mm-hmm. – as not because now you kind of always have that we've got that that place with him where we're always going to get last crack at it you know and that's exactly why you do it because if that's what it takes to get a kid like peyton bowen (laughs) then that's what you there are other safeties like hey coach i want to commit and you and but still visit you're like "Eh, that's fine just take visits you don't worry about committing right now (laughs) peyton bowen wants to commit and take visits if keon keely wants to commit take visits you're like okay you know because you'd much mm-hmm. rather be the, the school he's committed to. I'd rather him be my commit and when he visits Alabama than visit Alabama as an uncommitted player. For sure. Right? Same thing with him, with Peyton Bowen taking going to Oklahoma. So yep. Peyton Bowen, big-time player, uh, big-time mm-hmm. recruit. This was, a, this was a big one for Notre Dame, Ryan. This is, this is one of those ones you look at and say, this is the kind of big gap-closing type of player that you need to get at safety. And the rankings reflect that. I actually would argue – that these are these are a little low. I, I think he's a borderline top twenty-five to thirty-five type of player for me. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I was going to say twenty to forty, like somewhere in that ballpark for me as well. I, I think that it's nice though to see that there's not quite as right. much variance here. Where so people obviously are seeing similar things, right? right? Like it's not like like we saw with Rhett. It was like somebody was in the fifties and somebody was in you're the top other recruit. You're you're considered a really good football player. Exactly. Exactly. And, and we'll, we'll see. I mean, Rhett a lot. I mean, so Rhett's got awesome traits, right? Mm -hmm. Bowen, there's some special, special movement skills here. And more, more on field. There's just more film available of them. 
for and, sure. And, and that's yep. the thing that I love about it. And he's another guy that came that Notre Dame loved him. Yep. Right. Uh, he was definitely in that conversation of who's your favorite safety. Mm-hmm. Then he came to camp and lines up and he runs a four, four, one. I think I've told the story before. Notre Dame coaches are like, yep. they're looking like, no, that that's not right. Like, no, because they thought he was fast, but four, four ones for a high school juniors blazing. Yes. So they had him run it again. And they mm-hmm. all are sitting there like, okay, let's all get our clocks right. Four, three, eight on the next <laughs> one. Right. Six, one, one eighty five. Uh, this kid's a, this kid's a big time player. And you can see it from yeah. the recruiting rankings consensus top. I mean, cl- well within consensus top hundred player. And, I would imagine if he was uncommitted right now and taking visits, mm-hmm. you'd see him kind of go up a little bit in some of these rankings, but that's just the reality of it. Strengths for Peyton Bowen. Number one, elite size speed combination. Yep. I mean, elite. Now, elite safety size is not are you Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton is a unicorn. Okay. It's more of if you're plus six foot mm-hmm. and you have long arms, that's plus length for a safety. There's a lot yeah. of 5'11 safeties in the National Football League. There, there's right? been like four guys historically that are Kyle Hamilton. It's like Kyle Hamilton, right. Steve Atwater, Sean Taylor, Kenny Easley. Like that's right. all that's ever been right. Kyle Hamilton. So he right. is an outlier of all right. outliers. Right. This kid, six foot plus, you know, was listed around six one, you know, six foot plus, 185 plus, long arms, and like we said, really tremendous speed. Now, on film, you'll see his speed show up even more on in the kick game and on offense. Mm-hmm. But there's just not a ton of opportunities for him to show that long speed on defense. You'll mm-hmm. see some of it, but you really see it as a kick returner. And and he plays against good football. I mean, he plays against some really good football. I mean, he's going oh, yeah. against almost guys every week that are at the very least FCS players. Absolutely. And and you know he he's he's a he is a very talented player. That and with that comes great range. And the thing I like about it is some guys have great range going downhill. Some guys have great range playing center field. I think Peyton has great range playing both. And I don't use the word great loosely, mm-hmm. right? It, it it is meant like for his age and where he's at his development. That is that is really really good. Right, downhill and vertical range. Yeah, he's smooth and explosive, Ryan. Mm-hmm. And for a safety. Man, that is a that is a must get. You have yeah. if you have to have to be an elite safety, you have to have both of those things, in my opinion. For sure. And there's I mean, there's gonna be some clips that we show where he's in the screen, right? And then there's the ball is gonna be up in the air, and then you are just gonna be mesmerized almost with how much mm-hmm. ground he covers from being in screen to being out of screen. Like it's and it gives you so much ability for to on the back end. Cause if you have a kid like this as, as for Notre Dame that can play single high to allow you to play some man coverage underneath that erases so many mistakes potentially. And it gives you so many different possibilities, but then, Hey, coming downhill, he can also work inside out and run the alley and he can cover ground in a hurry. So that range gives you so many possibilities in coverage. Like you don't have to just play too high all the time because you don't trust a guy to play the middle of the field and play you know, middle of the field to the to hash or to the sideline. Like this kid has that type of range where he can make up for mistakes, but then also give the players in front of him a big boost in the ability to be versatile on the in the second and th- and the first level. Honestly, too, with that this type of kid. Next thing you're going to see this a lot with Notre Dame recruits on defense, and it is mm-hmm. intentional. 
and that is football IQ, strong feel for the game, instinctive. Notre Dame wants – you're going to take a chance on a kid who's an elite athlete if he's not super instinctive because you just you hope that that eventually comes, right? But mm-hmm. if you can find kids with both, and that's that's part of what makes Kyle Hamilton so special. He's not mm-hmm. just a freaky athlete or long. He's also a really smart football player. Mm-hmm. And that is what – you know, that's what made Alohi Gilman so good. Is Alohi wasn't – I mean, he ran a 4-6 at the combine. He wasn't a 4-4 guy. He wasn't big. But he had yeah. a, he was a brilliant football player. Instinctive. And yes. Yeah. And so you want that. Now, when you can find a guy that has that and the elite traits, that's what makes you a, a you know an elite player. And to me, Peyton Bowen has a very strong feel for the game, which then leads into point five, which is it allows him to, to make a lot of plays on yeah. offense and defense. And, and he doesn't get tested a whole lot on defense, but when he does, bad mm-hmm. things tend to happen for you as an offense. There's no yep. question about it. He forces turnovers, and then you're going to see. I think there's one clip of him, you know, as a receiver. There's clips of him as a kick returner. Like, you'll see, man, when he mm-hmm. has the ball in his hands, when he can make a play on the football, the playmaking ability is easy to see, obviously. Yeah, it's it, his film is fun to watch, and let's just kind of – let's get right to it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I love that the first clip is in Cowboy Stadium. I just – I know, I know. I love that. All right, let's get to let's get to some Peyton Bowen film. This is the first couple, I believe, are kick returns. Yep. Uh, so this is going to be him showing his – speed and big time playmaking ability. And you can just right here, you see the length. Look at that. Look at that crease, that balance when he lands. And like you said too, Brian, I don't think you can undersell the fact that he plays on a very successful program against a lot of great football players. And he is the kick returner. He's the punt returner. He plays on some offense that with how much they ask him to do. I think that speaks paramount for what type of athlete he is. This is, this is a playoff game folks yep. right like isn't this a playoff game this isn't like i don't think they're playing in you know home of the dallas cowboys in a in a regular season game i don't think you wouldn't, and I, I th- you wouldn't think so you would yeah not think this so. is their what their indoor facility right yeah looks like it yep yeah so i don't think this is a regular season game i could be mistaken but but just look at that speed that mm-hmm. burst to hit that hole and that is that is big time and he's mm-hmm. patient with it. Like that, watch, he's kind of, where's the hole? Where's the hole? Where's the hole? And then right yep. there, he turns on the Jets. It's like, okay, that's uh, that's pretty fast. Yep, that angle is fast. not going to yep. work. Nope. nope, nope. You better be as fast as he is and and have an angle. Mm-hmm. This is at Baylor. This is what, the thing I love about watching this film, too, is like, okay, this kid's not playing at like Podunk High School in front of 2,000 people. Like this kid's playing on NFL Stadium. It was where the playoff games were. and then. Um, this is at Baylor. At Baylor so he just yep. so smooth. That's the other thing too, Ryan, is his speed can be sort of misleading because he's so Deceptive. He's fluid. Yeah. Yeah. Some some of the guys that have a little bit of length sometimes, maybe they're a little high cut, have longer mm-hmm. legs. You 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 kind of you're like, are they moving fast? But then you just see that everything like he's a smooth runner who just understands the, me- the mechanics mm-hmm. of running. This is not good technique, right? Like no, at all. No. But you can see how quick his feet are here, though, right? Like you're, yeah. you don't want to be leaning back. You don't want to be standing straight up. But just look how smooth his feet are here in this transition. Mm-hmm. This is really impressive. I think this that was one of the ease. That was one of the first things I think we talked about, Brian. Like uh, I think a while ago now, and I was like, man, like his his pedal is just like so high. But then you just mm-hmm. see him the ground he covers despite it. It's just mm-hmm. insane. Yep. And then once he gets his ball in his hands, it's like, uh-oh. Yep. Uh-oh. House call. <laughs> yep. Yep. He's a big time. This is him, a receiver. Nice little hitch, yep. Nice and... catch. 
yeah, catches the ball kind of like a DB. If I'm being yep. honest with you, yeah, he doesn't have the greatest hands all the time, but that's kind of why he's more of a DB. But again, playmaker, kid just kid just a football player, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice little nice little hesitation there. Yeah, that's pretty good. Is that against Allen? Is this Allen he's going against right here? This looks like Allen. Oh boy, it that might, means he's going. He's going to get some dudes. He just some of these high school football fields in Texas are just absurd. It's like it really is. Is that a D one stadium? No, that's a high school stadium. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> this is him on offense. See the ball skills. Mm-hmm. This guy could ball skills. He just doesn't have great hands. Yeah. yeah, good hands, just not you know, not great. Look at him find that hole. He's about to mm-hmm. cut it back, and then he's like. Oh, wait a minute. No, I see that. Oh, there we go. Let me crease that sucker. Yeah. And then, I mean, just this kid's a football player. This kid's really good. And he can help you on special teams, which is always yeah. nice. Yeah, there he is. Especially early. <laughs> yeah. Adds a little something to the table. That's a really, for as bad as his technique is here, that's a really yeah. clean transition. Smooth, yeah. Which tells you with that type of length and, and the smoothness that he has as he improves his technique, he could probably do some stuff mm-hmm. in man-to-man man-to-man coverage, right? Coming mm-hmm. down a little bit. And I love the patience here, too. He's the deep safety. This is not mm-hmm. his guy. There's a guy inside of him that's taking that in cut. He's got to protect against. So here's why the patience is important. You say, well, the guy's clearly going inside. Well, may- maybe. But in mm-hmm. college, you start playing some of these pro-style teams, they're going to send that guy on an in cut. And as soon mm-hmm. as you... As soon as you plant, he's cutting back outside and getting width and going vertical, right? That's what's going to happen. So yep. you want to be deep. You want to be patient. And But he's got his eyes on. He wants to jump this route so bad. But then he's like, wait, no, uh, it's cover two. I'm the deep guy. Mm-hmm. And then he makes the play. And it puts him in a position to make a play. I mean, that patience, that state, do your job, is that something allowed him to, to go out and make that play right there. And he takes it to the house again for good measure. Mm-hmm. Just look out! Just look how easily he bends back downhill. He's widening out, then he gets back downhill. Very fluid, very clean player and rangy. Talk about mm-hmm. range! This is what we're talking about. <laughs> just makes it look so easy. Mm-hmm. It really does. Like this is not good technique, right? No. This is this is not. This is grabby. He stops his feet. You don't ever want to stop your feet when you're a DB when a guy's getting to the top end of his route. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter because he's so fast. <laughs> he's still <laughs> able to recover and make the interception. Like he has no business. He This should be a touchdown for the other team. Yeah. That technique right there, this should be a touchdown for the other team. Let's be honest mm-hmm. about that. No, absolutely. And, and and as the as obviously the talent gap, you know, gets a little closer at the college level, this is stuff that you want to clean up because there will mm-hmm. be some guys that will score touchdowns right. in this in this. Uh, regard but you see the range the range is just crazy because I, mm-hmm. I remember seeing that play and i'm just like he looks like he's playing catch technique and yes. press and and it just it doesn't make any sense but then you see him flip his hips and you're like oh well he has yeah. a high margin for error <laughs> like, yep. oh there's that four three speed okay yep. here we go the ball in your outside arm come on defensive guy he's hard to bring down because he's got great balance that like that the, the ability to like make this cut and then hit the ground and then get back to running right there. I mean that that's yep. that's balance, right? I mean that's that's and again, really impressive. Good school on a high level. Not every player is playing both sides of the ball in specialty. It's like it's just not going to happen a lot. <laughs> this is this is kind of embarrassing. Like what he does to this kid. He's toying with this kid. 
That's some good separation. It's not bad. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> now, this is against, I think, Westlake, isn't it? Looks isn't like this, it, yeah. Clu- this looks like uh, Cole Klubnik's team. Yep. Look at that bot. Look, look at the Watch him flip his hips here to catch this football. Ball and they get too. both feet down in bounds. Like, that's okay. That's that's a kid that's got loose hips and get his feet back down. That's impressive. And putt return again. Just saw that crease, cre- saw that crease early. <laughs> And when a kid can bring value in, in multiple phases of the game, not just as, you know, he can run down and cover kickoffs, which is important, but, like, I'm talking like he can bring you produ- – you know, he can bring value to your offense and your special teams, meaning if he's a returning and he's giving you 30, 40-yard returns from time to time, that's putting your offense in position to be successful. Yep. And that, that means he's impacting all three phases of the game. Here's the – here's an example. I'm catching, like, a DB. Good read. Watch, he, he, he knows where the route is. He still got his eyes on the quarterback. It's just, I, I honestly, I, I hope everyone understands just how silly that that change of direction is, though. Because again, it's, it's a hard high for pedal. people to see that Ryan because he's so yeah. it looks effortless. Yeah, it really like, does. That's why I think it's hard for people to recognize how good he is because it doesn't look hard. It looks like it doesn't look explosive. It just looks easy. Yes, you know Everything what I mean. Looks like, easy. Yep. Everything looks so easy, and again, uh, like the pedal needs needs improvement. And there's some things, but it's just so smooth. Yeah, out, out of his breaks, he's just so smooth. Change of direction, and he gets to high. Look at that! That's incredible. <laughs> that's incredible. Just, that's just stupid. He's again, playing that's, the that post. speed turn. That speed turn is that's hard, man. That's hard. He's playing the post over top. Sees the quarterback throw deep and just oh, I'm gonna make this play. It's just ridiculous. This is why I say, yeah, I know you have him ranked top 50, and that's impressive and everything, but I have a hard time believing there's 49 better football players in the country than this kid. Yep. I mean, he's... Not many, not many guys that could do that. No. No. A little high on the tees. He's a high tackler. That is a part of his game that's going to have to definitely improve. Is and, and the other thing to think about, too, Ryan, is you know we're talking about how he does all these things on offense and special teams. Like mm-hmm. he, this is stupid. He's playing a wheel route again. He he does his job, stays on top of the wheel route, stays in phase, all that kind of stuff. But then he sees the quarterback still on the seam. He flips his hips and gets back and makes a play on this ball. This is just no. This is this is what I'm talking about before when I said though when you have a guy with this type of range on the back end, you may erase so many mm-hmm. mistakes, so many. Not only does he handle his job, look, but then he makes this guy right. So, somebody screws up here, right? Yep. You're, this DB, I don't know what this DB down here is doing, right? I don't know what this kid's doing. This guy is not getting up underneath that seam route. That linebacker is not getting up underneath that seam route. It's not happening. Somebody screwed up, but it's an incomplete pass because Peyton Bowen is a freak. And a, and here's the thing. This isn't just about athleticism. Like, we're gushing over the athleticism. This is instincts. Because if he doesn't, mm-hmm. if he's not a smart football player, he doesn't know to do this. Just because you can physically do something doesn't mean you're smart enough or instinctive enough to know that you need to do it. That's the right. other part of this that 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 when we talk about just high football IQ, this is a smart football player. And that's mm-hmm. again, that's something that that you know we we can compare him to Kyle Hamilton in, in some of these areas, right? And one of them is Kyle is an instinctive, smart football player. For Peyton sure. is as well. This is not a great angle. This is what we're talking about. You want to you want to beat him to the spot. He does not take a good angle to the football. He's going to have to do, or not to the football, excuse me, to the route. 
right? Because you're playing the route here, not the not the football. That's an error where you know there's that's the thing is there's a lot of room for improvement for him on defense, which is kind of scary. Just look how explosive he is, though, changing direction mm-hmm. there. It just he's shot out of a cannon. Mm-hmm. Which get which again that that um that example right there gives you some like hey can he come down and can he play some man coverage for us if we're rolling guys down if we're rotating the different possibilities again. This is uh this is fun film to watch. It really is. <laughs> it's really after White's kind of like, let's just stop talking and just watch this kid. <laughs> right, right. Let's we see, don't do again, we, we don't do it justice. Right. To be honest, we yeah. just don't do it justice. This kid, this is again, this is an area where look, technique it needs to be worked on. This is this is not great technique. He gets a little grabby. Because remember, we talked about earlier, we talked about the exact opposite thing with Justin, Justin Rett. Justin mm-hmm. Rett doesn't get grabby at all because there's a confidence in his technique, there's a confidence in his ability. Not that Peyton Bowen doesn't have confidence in his ability, but he doesn't always have seem to have confidence in um in his you know, just the technique aspect of it to me. Right. And that, that closing speed right there is ridiculous. I want to watch some film of his brother because I heard his brother's a pretty good player too. He's going to catch this kid. He caught him That's at the absurd. 20 too. I, I, thought, I thought at first I was like, oh, he's going to catch him at like the five. Nope, he caught him at the 20. <laughs> That's just it's ridiculous. He didn't even get to the 20. He, he mm. dipped out of bounds at the 21. Look at that. When he it's, missed that tackle, I was like, that, he's going to catch him at like the 10 or the five-yard mm-hmm. line. No, nope, yep. he did not. Yep, I like going low there. there the, that, but that's the. I, I didn't finish the point earlier. The fact that he plays so many parts of the game is going to keep him from bringing an incredibly fundamentally sound player as a DB, because mm-hmm. this is ridiculous. Like this yeah, is another again, one. Like, oh, he's going to catch this kid at like the thirty or the forty on the other side, <laughs> and he doesn't get him to midfield. Yeah. It's just, but when you play so much of the game, you're playing safety, you're playing receiver, you're playing coverage and kickoff coverage you're playing kick returns you know you, you don't have time to spend every waking breathing second working on your back pedal right mm-hmm. like a kid who's maybe a one-way player that's true so as a coach you don't care i don't i don't care one bit like his grade will get dinged a little as i'm doing my different grades but like as a, as a coach as an evaluator i give zero rips about his terrible back pedal right there zero because sure. yep. that's my job right that's mm-hmm. what i get paid to do and and a natural athlete, I can get him to. I can get by the end of his first fall camp, or if he's an early enrollee, by the be- end of his first spring, he'll that'll be fixed. And mm-hmm. and if it's not, then I need to. I need they need to find a new safeties coach, for sure. And and, 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 we, and, and it even goes even further than that, Brian. Honestly, because I mean, obviously, all the things that he's doing in practice that you're talking about, but also, I mean, most of these kids are multi sport athletes. Like they don't focus on football and mm-hmm. just football, right? Like. Mm-hmm. It, it, when they get to college, that'll be a little different. I'd be shocked. And I'm going to look this up as we're talking, but I'd be shocked. My mm-hmm. mouse is a little crazy again. Sometimes my mouse just doesn't want to cooperate. And I don't, I got to, okay, here we go. All right. I'll be shocked if he's not playing basketball. I'm actually going to go uh, look this up. I, I think, I think he is a basketball player. I yeah. think I remember when I, when I checked in with him, cause that was the first piece I wrote when I came on our breakdown as mm-hmm. the, on the recruiting. You side. weren't even hired uh, yet. I know That's what I, I love about Ryan is like, I was like, dude, you don't start till the 14th. That's oh, all cool. I'll call, you know, I'll get, I'll get this. I, I was, I was in Florida and everything. It was good. Times. You were on vacation <laughs> calling Peyton Bowen to do a story and you didn't even, you weren't even hired yet. Nice so, kid, by the way. Nice yeah, kid. Yeah. Yep. Big time, big time. Uh, let's see here. So yeah, you, um, this is a story by, this is the first official 
Ryan Roberts story. So I'm going to pull this up here. Uh, the first story that Ryan Roberts ever wrote for Irish Breakdown. Uh, it's right here. So you uh, to, to, to support your point that you were just talking about here, mm-hmm. uh, you talk about, uh, where is it down here? You say multi. Right down here. Bowen has been a multi-sport athlete for Geyer, competing in both basketball and track and field. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there you go, Ryan. You were correct. You, that, were, you remembered correctly of the article you yep. wrote. Yep, he had a pretty there good 200 go. time for uh, track and field nerds out there as a for sophomore. Sophomore. 2271 yeah. is a good, good yeah. pretty good 11-3 time. 11-3 as a sophomore for a long-limbed mm-hmm. kids. Not not sure. bad at all. Yep. So this kid has uh, – this kid's this kid's really good. This is mm-hmm. kid's kid's really good. So we're not done yet because there's another really good safety on the board for Notre Dame that I would argue is um, – a completely different kind of player. And that's a Don Schuler. And that's kind of something I like. Now he's not going to be a guy that, that Ryan, that we're going to look at and be like, Oh wow. Top 50 player and all that. His ranking has gone up quite a bit because he had a very good junior year. Yeah. Very good junior year, but you know, top fifth, one fifty ish caliber player is definitely where I see, where I see a Don Schuler at this point in time. Yeah. Cause I, I see a guy that's a great football player, but maybe not the elite athlete that the other two guys are he's like six foot like 185 190 right now Mm -hmm. man this kid can play football this kid can really play football and like you said he had a great junior year he's kind of just a ball magnet right like one thing that i always talk about is being reactive versus proactive reactive you see it then you run to it proactive you saw it coming before it happens right like that's kind of the proactive versus reactive i think there's a lot of proactivity to a guy like a don Schuler. he just he just sees the game really well you can see that he understands spacing he understands routes routes um route combinations uh being created in front of him he can see things based upon formations all that stuff tells me that he probably is a film junkie at this mm-hmm. point. I'm sure that he watches the game a ton. He understands the game, which the mental side is there. And then plus, like, let's not undersell. He's not, I mean, obviously he's not a, he's not a, you know, a, a Bowen, a Peyton Bowen type of athlete, but like, he's a good athlete, obviously. And mm-hmm. he's a good all around athlete. And I think he's twitchy. I think that there's a lot of good things with a guy like, like Schuler, but I think that his mental side is what really stands out for me. Yeah. And I think what I liked about him as a junior is we saw a guy whose athleticism took a jump. Yeah. And that's what made him so much better. But that's why we lead with the first thing. When you talk about a Don Schuler, you're talking about a very natural, smart football player. This kid knows how to play the game. He really mm-hmm. does. And I think he has good size for the position. You know, again, he's not a super long and rangy guy, but, but you know, I've had friends tell me he's like, oh, that guy's not big enough to play safety. And I'm like, he's 5'11, 200 pounds. Yeah. You, and I'm like, buddy. Go look mm-hmm. at the NFL depth charts. There's five nine, five ten safeties all over the NFL. You know, all over the place. If um, anything, safety's getting a little bit of a smaller position. Yeah, honestly, you, you at this want point. guys can cover and you know right. stuff like he's got good size for the position. Yeah, uh, physical, right? Mm-hmm. He is now. He's not necessarily. He's a junior in high school, so he's not necessarily like incredibly like wow. Sean Taylor light you up like hits, but he is physical in how he plays. Sure, I love that. Top-notch route recognition. Again, two two comments for him about smartness, you know, being smart. Yep. And that's, again, a, a theme. Marcus Freeman's looking for kids that are not only top-notch athletes, but kids that are smart. And then that leads into point five, which is a great feel for finding the ball. That's the thing I like about the two safeties. They are playmakers. 
Mm-hmm. Like they make a lot of plays. And that's what made that 2018 safety tandem so good is Jalen Elliott and Louis Gilman both made a lot of plays in the football. For and sure. And when you have two safeties that can make a lot of plays in the football, you are you're gonna have something really good. And and that's was I mean, we talk a lot about the 2018 defensive line, which was great. And Drew Tank, Drew Tranquil and Tavon Coney were really good linebacker tandem and Troy pride and Julian love were one of the four or five best corner tandems in the country that year. The most underrated aspect of that defense were, mm-hmm. was Jalen Elliott and Lohi Gilman. They yep. were so good that year. And what you have here in these players is because I think of Don to me, my comp for him and we didn't do comps for the other guys. My yep. comp for Jay Adon Schuler is he's a, he's a, a bigger at the same age, a bigger, version of Jalen Elliott, which is and that's that's a good comp because Jalen Elliott's a pretty good football player in Not college. He so he's a bit he's thicker than when I say bigger, thicker. He's a thicker mm-hmm. version of what Jalen was at the same age. And Jalen was a quarterback in high school. Jalen didn't really become a DB till his senior year. So he's way ahead of him in that regards. But when I when I look at a Don Schuler, I just can't help but get flashbacks of what Jalen Elliott was at Notre Dame. Ryan, I don't know if you agree with that comp, but that's the one that just constantly sticks out for me and even when i'm trying to think of non-notre dame safeties i just can't help but kind of he even kind of looks a little bit like Jalen. you know what i mean like and you see him in the face like same body type same movement skills i i just i've tried to think of a non-notre dame comp ryan and i just i couldn't come up with one that was better than Jalen elliott for this kid yeah no, and I, I, I like the comp, so I'm going to defer to it, actually. And it, it's funny. I, I When we talk about interception totals, I feel like sometimes there's a lot of randomness to interceptions, mm-hmm. right? Like there's not a calculable, qu- quantifiable thing to why interceptions happen sometimes. But except for the fact that a guy like Adon Schuler is always around the football, mm-hmm. and you can't undersell that. And the difference between what we just saw in Peyton Bowen comparative to Adon Schuler, Peyton Bowen's a guy where you could put him on center field, you could put him on the roof, a single high safety, and you could say, do whatever you do. Adon's much more too high type of safety. Mm-hmm. Roll down. You could play some short zones. Maybe you can even play some man-to-man in certain instances, right? Like, he's much more depth, but, like, let's work up while Peyton Bowen's like, hey, you can stay back there all day long, and you can make whatever play you feel like making back there. But Adon's more like you're kind of talking. You were talking about two safeties in Gilman and Jalen Elliott's, which were those two high guys. Like, neither one of them were, like, super rangy guy Mm -hmm. but they played so well together because they both could do things in two high sets but Mm -hmm. also could both rotate down and do different things Mm -hmm. i don't know if either one of them and i and and i i'm not sure if you if you said this or not but i neither one of those guys were center fielders no no and they tried using Jalen a little bit more in that capacity in 2019 and -hmm. it didn't work it just the defense the second safety play wasn't as good Jalen wasn't as effective the nice thing I love about Adon and Peyton is Jalen and, and Elohi were really similar players, which is exactly what you were just saying. The thing yep. I love about Adon and Peyton, it, again, I'm, I'm building on your point a little bit, I realize, but yep. that complementary nature is they can both do everything, but one does one thing better than the other, in my opinion. Adon right. is a better alley player, run defender, screen game, like come downhill and wreck stuff. Mm-hmm. Peyton is more of a, like if you put that kid in center field, teams are going to be real, real hesitant to throw the ball down the field. It, it, we've mm-hmm. talked about this in the the Rose Bowl in 2020, you know, where Mac Jones almost throws a pick early in the game because Kyle Hamilton almost jumps it. 
And he's like, mm-hmm. eh, maybe I don't want to throw deep the rest of this game. And that, that's what <laughs> Alabama did. I mean, they throw deep all the time. They didn't yep. throw deep again the rest of that game. Now, part of it is they didn't necessarily have to, but mm-hmm. you know, they, they weren't willing to do it. And Peyton can have that kind of ability where Adon's the kind of safety where you look down at the stat sheet and you're like, oh, they could have 13 tackles. You know, <laughs> right. You, it's like, huh, okay. He's the kind of kid that when it's Navy week, he's like, oh, this is my week, you know, because I'm going to have 25 tackles this week. Like, that's the kind of kid that to me, Adon Schuler is, right? Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, I just, I, uh, before we move on this film, we did get yeah. asked, uh, do you have comps for the other two? Because we didn't give those. So we went Jalen Elliott for Adon Schuler, which, you know, again, uh-huh. I think really fits. Yeah. What what would be one that you would that you would look at for uh, for for Justin Rett, and what would be mm-hmm. one that you would look at for Peyton? A, a, name, a name popped in my head for Peyton, and um, it's not a perfect comp because I don't think that this player is a fantastic player in the run game, and I think that Peyton does have upside big time in the run game with the tackle radius he has, but there are some shades to how he can play in deep zone to a Malik Hooker that came out of Ohio State, like that type of rangy dude. Malik Hooker did not tackle a lick at Ohio State, but the things that he did in deep zone coverage playing single high was special stuff, and he had a great ability to play the football in the air and he had just great ball skills and he was a turnover machine at Ohio state, his final year. So that's a, that's something I, I think that kind of makes a little bit of sense. Corner. He, he was a first round draft pick though. I mean, it's not yeah, like you're comparing to guys. Incredibly a talented player. Incredibly <laughs> talented. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. injuries have kind of derailed right. his NFL career, but his last year at Ohio state, man, like he, I think he had like six or seven interceptions and all of them were like highlight just, rangy plays working to the sideline one-handed catches like he was just such a good player his final year and that's kind of what i see with peyton yeah. as far as like the rangy aspect of him in deep zone that's kind i'm of gonna i'm, I'm gonna head. stick with that program for my justin rett comparison and 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 i, okay. and I have a feeling this might be the first time you and i have a strong disagreement because I, I for some reason i feel like you're not gonna like this one okay but when, when i when i think of marshawn when I, I think of marshawn latimer what he was at ohio state Okay. Like a bigger, I, I, like body yeah. type, bigger, like a physical guy that's got real good vertical speed. You and know, like that's the kind of, yep. yeah, that's like, that's yeah. the, that's the name that keeps popping in my head when I think of, you know, cause you know, Marshawn Latimer wasn't a big time recruit. He was a top 150 guy. I think yeah. people kind of underestimated how well he could run. And mm-hmm. then of course he goes to Ohio state and he becomes a, you know, first round NFL draft pick, right? Almost a top 10 NFL draft pick. The, and I would say Justin at the same age is a little thicker than Marshawn was, but that yeah. would be my comp. I'm talking about the college version of Marshawn Latimer. That would be I, mine I, for him. I actually don't disagree with it. And I, I honestly am probably not going to get a good Justin Rett one because I think what makes it tough is that usually guys that are longer limbed and have that type of long speed don't also change direction very well. Right. And that's kind of what pops in your head with a Marshawn Lattimore. Like that was one of the most uncommon things of him coming out of Ohio State was like, yeah. man, he can really change direction like so yeah. well for a longer guy. So yeah. that's why Red, I think, is just kind of a harder one to find yeah. a really good Like, Because like, yeah, you're because like I thought like, okay, you know, similar body type to Minka Fitzpatrick. But then I was like, but – that's a different kind of athlete, different right. kind of role. Like it just didn't fit. None mm-hmm. of the ones that I kind of thought of when I started looking at body type really fit. The only yeah. one that fit from a body type and a game standpoint for me in recent history is Marshawn Latimer. That would be the that would be the fit for me. So 
uh, Marshawn. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know why his name popped in my head, but I sort of think of a D Milner that came out of Alabama a few years ago, like <sighs> with body D. type wise speed. Yeah. 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 I mean, even though I, D D, I think I'll say this. I, I think the D comp that I like with where you're going with that is I think the yeah. style of play is similar. Right. Right. I don't think the athleticism is. I I always felt D Milner was a was an overrated player in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Because absolutely. they allowed him to get away. He them like D Milner and the Alabama corners and the Michigan State corners during that era were allowed to get away with murder. <laughs> like and and then he went to the NFL and he couldn't just grab and beat people up and he just was terrible. Yeah. And that that that's to me is is I but I think that the body type and the physicality yeah that that is a like cuz cuz what is the first thing I think of when I think of D Milner is him just fit, like pressing Kyle, Tyler, Tyler <laughs> Eifert. I mean just even yeah. even Tyler Eifert in the in the championship game he was like pressing Tyler Eifert. Mm-hmm. You know, his ability I think he was the DB that when Eifert almost caught that deep ball in bounds. He was so strong. He could just kind of ride Tyler a little bit and not let him get that foot in bounds, you know? Yeah, he's a physical dude. Yeah, and that I see that comp, that part of the game, but that's Mm -hmm. also what makes it difficult to do comps, period, because, you know, because when you do a comp, people are going to just, like, take everything that that guy did, (laughs) and if there's a part that doesn't matter, he he doesn't do this one thing as well as that guy did, right? Okay. Right, Uh, right. But, yeah, that's that's the physicality aspect of that one. Yeah, I see that one. I I, I like that. The Latimer one, I, I, for me, I, I like a little bit better. Plus, I, I, I didn't like. I, I was so I got so frustrated watching D Milner play because I'm like, how is that not a penalty? You know, like, <laughs> right. not in the Notre Dame game. I'm talking about just watching, you know, games that because I, I was coaching that year. I wasn't covering Notre Dame that year, so I would just tape games and kind of go back and watch them and just you know try to see some things and like, mm. man, this this kid just like holds and beats people up and it's just like, man, come on now. I didn't like that, but so let's, yeah. so those are our cops. So now let's get into a little bit of film. Uh, Cause there's some really good. So little backstory. When I, when, when a Don Schuler committed to Notre Dame and we did the show on him, I said, look, the kid's got some potential, but you know, I, I'm curious how he jumps as a junior. Cause there, you could see the instincts. You could yeah. see the intelligence. You could see the playmaking abilities as a sophomore. What I what I was concerned about, to be honest with you, at the time, because when they they got a commitment from him, he was still just a sophomore. My mm-hmm. concern was, is this guy athletic enough to play at a place like Notre Dame? That was my concern as a sophomore. That's what was so nice to see from him as a junior, because as a junior, he answered those questions. In my opinion, like mm-hmm. there's no doubt that he is athletic enough to play at Notre Dame after watching his junior film. I don't know if you had a chance to see the sophomore film, Ryan, and you can comment on that, but that was honestly my concern when they first got him was, yeah. can this kid, can is this kid, like, is this a really good football player that just at the end of the day is not going to be athletic enough to play with Ohio State and Bama and Clemson and Oklahoma? That was my concern. Yeah, you know? no, and I, I, think the, I think those concerns were warranted, to be honest with you, I, especially after our last show where you asked me to go back and just take a look a little bit at Brendan Vernon's sophomore film, just kind of see the difference. I actually did go back and watch uh, Adon Schuler's um, highlights, and even out of curiosity as well, him being a New Jersey guy, I was just curious on how much he had developed because I remember you mentioning something about that before, about the jump mm-hmm. he took. So I agree. He, he looked like a completely different athlete from 2020 yeah. to 2021. Now, when I, when I see a kid – Here's a this is a really nice play right here. This yeah. is a you know, just kind of seeing the ball and just being in the right place at the right time, but also you have to have some instincts. I think yep. the thing that first jumps out to me 
from when you compare him to the other two kids is he does not have the speed and explosiveness of the, of the first two players we've talked about. He, he's not no. in that level. Uh, but I think he is able to maximize the potential, the speed and athleticism that he does have because he's so smart. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a really smart, and there's some there's some good game film on 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 uh, YouTube. There's a couple games of him from YouTube this year of, of and you can just see it that he's just like always around the ball, yeah, always around the ball. I mean, this is the kind of kid that you're like you don't want safeties leading your team in tackles, and then you're like, well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this kid just makes a bunch of tackles four yards down the field. He's making tackles on perimeter runs. He's making tackles in the screen game. He's blowing RPOs up like this play right here. Like it's you'll just under seeing this route under. I'd like to say a little tighter. He lets this kind of guy get over top of him, mm-hmm. but he understands the need to cut this guy off. The angle is not great, but the, the the feel for what he's doing is there. And, and then he's able to make a really impressive interception. I mean, that's a yep. good catch. And then to be able to roll and get it, get the ball, you know, get the ball off the ground. Yep. Impressive play. Yep, I think he actually he has pretty good hands to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. Yep, little bit tight. That's the yep. thing I'll say it about. And, and again, that's another reason. Jalen was that way. Was this a punt? Mm-hmm. It looked like it. it looks, <laughs> I mean, looks a little wet. From, looks a little wet this out is there. Only from the twenty-five yard. It's like I, he didn't even get hit either. He did not even get hit. <laughs> just, yeah. just came uh, out of his hand. Not great. Yep. Yep. <laughs> But you can just see that that transition is just a little bit. Part of it is his base is a little bit wide, right? But he has mm-hmm. a little bit, just a little bit of hip tightness there. Yep. But he 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 earned his scholarship too, Ryan, because he's a kid that got his scholarship after he worked out at Notre Dame. He's another right. one of those kids that like they like this film, but I think they had similar questions that I have. And then he comes to camp and just and he didn't run a great for he didn't run like the four the forty time that those other kids had ran. This is a really nice play here. Really mm-hmm. smooth. You, again, you can see a little bit of a little bit of tightness in the transition, right? Right there, right. I don't think that's a technique thing as much as it's just he's a little bit, little bit tighter in that regards. Do you agree with that, Ryan, or not? Yeah, no. I think you could especially see guys sometimes like their their base is going to get a little wide, but also it's like they have to open and then they mm-hmm. explode out of it instead of yeah. exploding out as soon as they kind of open up. And and I think it's good that we watched. Schuler right after we watched Peyton Bowen because mm-hmm. you saw an elite change of direction guy, mm-hmm. elite range, and then you just see a, a good range, you know, good mm-hmm. change of direction. You're I seeing the difference between a top 50 player and a top 150 player. Exactly. That, that's it. But the thing is, is and this is what I like about Adon's game, this play right here is exactly why he's a great compliment to Peyton Bowen. Because yep. he's t- the guy that's going to come downhill and do stuff like this. Yep. I mean, like he he hunts this like a linebacker, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Next thing he is scraping and then sees the hole and then bam explodes, and he's not talk- a big kid. Yep, and you want to talk about good vision, like sorting traffic right there. It's mm-hmm. not easy, man. There's, there, I mean, well, we have a pulling guard, right? We had at least mm-hmm. one pulling guard. We had, we yeah, have kick um, out a pulling yep. guard and a sweep action. Yep. So you, a lot, a lot of action there, a lot of traffic here, and he's able to sort it out. And then you can see again. Last week we talked a lot about with Drake Bowen the ability to cre- create power in tight spaces he i mean he took like two steps and he's able to really gain a lot of power mm-hmm. in short this is short another steps. one this is when a don schuler is playing the football he loves to play like the interception he had a couple minutes ago like we showed like this is the this is that football iq that we love right like sees this ball makes a great play kid just always round a ball right but then mm-hmm. you see stuff like this and you're like okay this is where he's going to make his li- this this is what i'm talking about like you, you don't want your safety to be your leading tackler and then a kid like Adon Schuler's like, yeah, but I'm making so many at the line of scrimmage. 
You know, it's like, oh, okay, that's all right. It's a little different in, the, in that instance. Because what I mean by you don't want a safety to be a lean tackler, because that usually means safeties are, you know, usually making tackles way down the field. It's like that year that Kyle McCarthy had like 130 tackles. because <laughs> Getting past the first level of defense so often. He was kind of, yeah. you know, cleaning stuff up. That's not the case with a Don. He, I mean, he's just a, this kid sniffs stuff out and just, I mean, just, you know, and this is a big back. He's like, yep. yeah, I'm not going to be stupid here. I'm going to go low <laughs> and knock the ball out. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, how many forced fumbles has he already had? How many interceptions has he already had in this film? Like, this kid mm-hmm. makes a lot of plays. Look at this. He's He does not have an angle to make this play. At all. This is a nice job by the corner down here to funnel this back inside, too, by the way. Very good. Get off this block and come down. But, yeah, he closes the he closes the, pretty quickly and – Comes with force. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's very light on his feet, though. Like, again, not we, we talked about he's not the explosive athlete that those other guys, those other guys are, but he's very nimble. I will say that he not he's not he doesn't plant his feet on the ground until he's about to hit you. But mm-hmm. really loose, loose feet, tight hips, loose feet. I love him running the alley, working inside mm-hmm. out. It's awesome stuff. He, he strikes me as a type in of a hurry. Absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to Cannon heading downhill. And he strikes me as a, as a type of worker, right? That like mm-hmm. at practice, he'd be like, nope, one more rep, one more rep. I'm not yep. done yet. Yes. I'm not done yes. yet. I wasn't happy with that. Wasn't yep. happy. Look how quickly he diagnoses this play. He's playing basically middle of the field. This looks like they're playing kind of like a, put him in the middle and like playing like a robber. Like this yeah. looks like a pistol option team is what I think this probably is. And they're, so they're just letting him run the alleys. You know, kind of, mm-hmm. you know what this reminds me of? This looks like what Notre Dame did. What was it? Was it Chinnadum and Dukeway? Was like back in 05 and 06. Remember that? So when you when you said kind of the pad in the stats against Navy a little bit, that's the first name because I remember <laughs> didn't he have like 20 something tackles against Navy? Yeah, 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 I remember that. Oh man, I, I used to love a Dukeway, man. Yeah. But they Dukeway. put Chinny like in the middle of the field, and they just said run the alley. Wherever the option goes, you go. That's kind of what it looks like they're doing here with him. Yep. And he just sniff look how quickly he sniffs it out and just gets downhill. But he's patient with it, though. He's not coming out of control. He is. I have. I don't know if there's a clip on here where I felt he was out of control. Yeah. And and when I watched a couple of the games, you know, about a month or so ago, you just same thing. He never looks out of control. Right. He's a very smart player, and then goes low and just. I mean, this kid's hunting the ball. This kid hunts the ball, Ryan. I love how he hunts mm-hmm. the ball. Hmm. Kid, this kid's fun to watch. And you know what I like about kids like this too is because he's not an elite athlete. Right. No. And and he has to be smart and instinctive and play hard and do all that kind of stuff. Look at this little quick redirect. He's going inside at first. Mm-hmm. And sees then the corner. Sees, yep. He, yep. Ex- explain this one, Ryan, because this is about to be really bad. The corner makes a huge mistake. Talk, yeah. talk us through why this is this shows a smart football player. So you heard you heard me a minute ago say running the alley. So that is the distance between the um, the corner and then where your linebacker depth would be right inside there, right? So in a good world here, number 17, the cornerback is going to maintain outside leverage here on this block, and he's going to keep contain, allowing Adon Schuler to work right into that he gap. He wants to again. force it inside. That's what contain yes. means. He, he does yep. not – this guy cannot let anything get outside of him. He wants to force it back inside where his help is. He has no yep. help out here. His only help out here is the sideline. Yep. He's got and 10 I'm, guys helping him inside here. So continue, Ryan. Yep. And so 17 is going to want to stay outside, but unfortunately he peeks inside. You see that little peak in there. So he has lost contain now. So number one is going to go outside here. Fortunately, Adon is able to change direction and take a good angle. 
You watch this. <laughs> his first two steps, he is pl- he is coming into the alley. Mm-hmm. He is going inside out on this on this screen, which is what he's supposed to do inside out. Mm-hmm. This redirect to get outside and blow this up it shows the the football intellect that we're talking about. This is this is just you study the film. You're smart. You know your assignment, and you know your teammate's assignment, and you know he just didn't do his. <laughs> so you got to cover. And obviously, number number one bobbles the ball. But it, I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, though, 17's peaking. If Adon does not matter. take, yeah. yeah. It, it, but if Adon doesn't even take, if Adon stays in the alley there, that is a big play potentially, yes. which just kind of highlights how with big, how with nice a clean throw, is. you're absolutely right. Yeah. With a clean throw, if Adon doesn't recognize that his teammate didn't do a good job, that's a that's a big play. Yep. Damn, working inside out. Good work. Working Lord. inside out. Yep. That's a TFL. Like that. He's coming. He is at least. Let's see here. That ball's on the 40. He's in the 48. So he's eight yards eight off yards. the ball. Yeah. Yep. And he makes this play. How far behind the line? Three yards behind the line of scrimmage. It's not bad. Nah, it doesn't suck. It doesn't <laughs> suck at all. This kid's a good football player. Yeah, you guys might want to think about trying to block him because <laughs> he's blowing your stuff up. We even talk because we haven't seen any special teams film, but I mean, now this is a better job by the corner, right? He goes outside, mm-hmm. a little out of yep. control, but he goes outside. He forces it back inside. That's what we were talking about. That's that contained thing. Yep. Force him to your help. Force him to your mm-hmm. help. Not good block destruction there by the uh, the old defense for Irvington on that particular play. Yeah, love that close. Now this is kind of what we we're talking earlier. Like this is where this is how we thought some of those Peyton Bowen plays would have ended up. Like you make the tackle, but it's like you know inside right. the ten. <laughs> I mean, it's great effort though. It's an outstanding yeah. effort to say the yeah. least. And I mean, I don't know how that drive ended, but sometimes that's a mm-hmm. you know drive saving play. I love this angle too here because he stays on top of the kid. Yeah, never lets him. Never lets him get him on the edge. Really nice play here. Because look, if he if he goes too level, this guy bounces it outside. They could be in trouble. He he's got this fifty one. This linebacker scraping inside. He doesn't have to go level. He can stay over top of him, and he makes a great play. This kid makes a ton of plays at the line of scrimmage. He's got some throwback to his game too, Ryan. Like this is what you used to see from safeties. 10, 15 years ago, making yep. a ton of plays at the line of scrimmage. I love that color blue in their mm-hmm. uniform, by the way. It's great. Mm-hmm. great blue. Uh, just, this, it, he's a fun football player to watch for completely different reasons than some of those other kids. Yep. You know, just this is a kid that you know that at the end of every game, he's going to be one of those guys that is the most tired in the locker room because mm-hmm. he's going to be on every special teams he, and he's going to just literally give you everything. Like there's not going to be anything left for him. Like he's just, he's, he's, he's emptying the clip in every game. You know, I mean, he's not leaving anything in, in there. So that is the Notre Dame secondary. I mean, look, there's years in the past where a Don Schuler's your number one or number two DB in a class, including, you know, this class, he's in the conversation for the number two DB in the class for me with Jade Mickey in this class. I mean, he's going to clear third. Right, which mm-hmm. speaks to the the talent of this group. Uh, your number three DB is gonna is gonna significantly upgrade your safety depth chart. You know, I mean, th- think about that. Right, your number three yep. DB in this class is gonna be a big boost for you, and mm-hmm. that speaks to the talent of this class because the Don Schuler can play football, 
And that kid's a good football player. And when you wa- we should have watched him first, to be honest with you. It might have been more fair to him <laughs> because you're comparing him to a guy that you and I believe is on the some slight tech. You correct me if I'm wrong. Like for me, mm-hmm. Peyton Bowen's got to improve his technical game to be a five star. Well, I was going to say, talent wise, he's five there. star athlete, five star yeah, athlete. For no sure. question. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so Adon's never going to look elite when he you watch him next to a guy like Peyton Bowen. Sure. But if we'd have watched him first, you're like, man, this kid's always around the ball. Mm-hmm. Like he's makes a ton of you know, force fumbles, interceptions, TFLs. He's a disruptor. Mm-hmm. And to have a safety that's that disruptive, and that's what you want to see. Play from a good program. I believe they won a state championship this year, didn't they, Ryan? They they did. I, I think they went like 14 and one yeah. or 15 and 0, somewhere yeah. in that ballpark. Yeah, yeah they were really they good. Were good. This year. And yeah. he was a big part of that. A very mm-hmm. big part of that. So Adon Schuler, very, very good football player. Uh Katie Kevers makes a really good point about this uh she says adon plays much faster than his 40 his football iq coming from depth is elite the ability to read what is in front of you for instance when the corner went under the block that you're absolutely right katie i mean that's the thing is there's there's football speed and then there's track speed don's never Mm -hmm. gonna like jalen elliott like okay jalen was not a 4-8 okay ryan you and i (laughs) talked about this the other day i don't know what happened at the combine but jalen his entire career at notre dame was in the was a high four five guy right his whole mm-hmm. career he's not a four eight but Jalen's not Kyle Hamilton he's not right. a four four he's not Peyton Bowen he's not that kind of speed right but sure. he played fast because he just he especially as he got older you know he mm-hmm. got more comfortable playing safety he Alohi's a great example Alohi mm-hmm. plays like a four five guy because he he just he's so smart he gets the ball so quickly and that's a Don. I mean, to me, that's mm-hmm. a Don Schuler. I mean, he's going to, whatever speed he has, he's going to maximize it, which allows him to play fast to Katie's point. I think she's spot on. I mean, that's, that's the thing you like from that kid. And, mm-hmm. and the thing I like about it too, Ryan is again, he compliments Peyton Bowen really well. They're two completely different safeties, but they're neither of them can only like the, here's the danger in today's game. You want to have some interchangeableness. Right. So sometimes sure. you could be too complimentary where one guy's just an alley safety. Like you don't want a Zeke Mata in today's game. Zeke Mata was a really good safety for Notre Dame in 2012. He's a rover in today's defense. You can't have a safety like that, in my opinion. That's mm-hmm. not a Don. A Don is a downhill guy that can play some man, but he can also play over top if you need him to. Right. Like if, if you want to sure. be able to keep your safeties left, right, because you're playing a team that's going fast, you can still mm-hmm. roll him to the top. There's no problem. Mm-hmm. But he's maybe not as good at it as Peyton is. Peyton can right. play the alleys. We saw it. Does he mm-hmm. play the alleys as well as Adon does? Not yet. Not not yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. So, but the thing about both of them is they both get their hands on the football a lot. Yep. And that's the important thing. And that's what I love about watching those guys play. Those, you know, those those guys, they all three of them, especially the two safeties, they get their hands on a lot of footballs. Man, I mean they. They are playmakers. And at the end of the day, if you're not if you're a great athlete, but you don't make plays, it doesn't really matter. You're gonna look yep. good, great in seven on seven warm-ups. You're gonna be great getting off the bus, but you're not gonna help us win a championship if you're looking at it from a coaching standpoint. So um, that that's our kind of thoughts on that. Ryan, do you have anything to add about this, these DBs and just kind of what we've seen, what we've seen from them? 
I just love that again, that the mission of the coaching staff on the recruiting trail has been, we need to get longer. We need to get more athletic and it's clearly mm-hmm. happens in the secondary. And again, if you look at Marcus Freeman's time as the defensive coordinator at the university of Cincinnati, that's how they were built. They are not a fantastic team when we're talking about the defensive line and the linebackers. They're not fantastic, but what they have is elite defensive backs, and that allows them to do so much in front of them. And I feel like that's really what we're seeing early on in the 2023 cycle is the fact that Notre Dame has said, we need to get longer, we need to get more athletic. We went out and got Peyton Bowen who can erase some mistakes. We went out and got Justin Wright who could play some press coverage, who can do some things in zone, could do a variety of things. And I think that's going to make our second and first levels just so much more versatile and give us more opportunities to be to – be attack style to be mm-hmm. a, a team that can create pressure a team that takes chances like that gives you that opportunity i think and i think mm-hmm. they're off to a great start with those three guys i mean you you look at cincinnati's dbs right i mean you start at yep. the corners ahmud gardner 6'3 200 pounds yep. look at kobe bryant kobe's the small corner at 6'1 198 right <laughs> then yep. you go to brian cook at safety and he is where's he at 6'1 210 I mean, the, you look at the rest of the safety depth chart, and it's like 6'1", 197, 6'1", 205, 6'2", 192, 6'2", 200, 6'2", 205. Then you get down to the, the, the little guy, Jacob Dingle at 5'11", 195. That's their little guy, you know? And it's like, yeah, you've got some stuff going on when that's your safety. You know, again, you talk about it's that length, just mm-hmm. that supreme length. I mean, here, here's their cornerback depth chart. Six three six one six foot six foot six foot six foot six foot six foot five eleven five eleven five ten, and I'm pretty sure the five ten kid is a walk on. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Yes, yeah. walk on prepped at Dublin Kaufman. Yes, I was correct. The five ten kid is a walk on. That's not a doesn't mean you can't be five ten and really good. Julian Love sure. is about five ten. It's yeah. just it's clear that that's what they're looking for. They're looking for that Absolutely. type of long guy and. Where'd that come from? Who was the guy that built that roster? It was Marcus Freeman. Yep. And we've seen it. Benjamin Morrison fits that mold. You know, Ryan Barnes fits that mold. Certainly. I think Philip Riley to a degree fits that mold because he's really mm-hmm. long, even though he's not super tall. He's really long and physical. Yep. You know, and and but then they're also open enough to where if a Jaden Mickey comes along who maybe doesn't mm-hmm. have the length you look for, but he does everything else you love, ball hawk, physical, you know, can cover, great feet. So okay, this guy may not have the length, but this kid can play football. And sure. being, and that was something that I kind of was one of my concerns and criticism of Clark Lee was he would overlook a, a really good football player, like the Jerron Thompson kid that's at Texas now, starting at Texas now at safety. They yeah. wouldn't take him because he just he was too small. He was too too he wasn't long enough. Well, you turned down a pretty good football player because he didn't meet your measurement requirements. I think yeah. the thing I like about Marcus Freeman is he has a type that he likes. Sure. And and all the DBs in the 2023 class fit that mold. But mm-hmm. but if a kid comes along that he thinks can play, mm-hmm. that has other traits that make up for it, they'll be willing to, to go for it. And that's the thing I like about what we've seen. So, yes, definite upgrade in length, definite upgrade in playmaking ability, definite upgrade in strength. And I would argue a defi- definite, assuming they keep all these kids in the class, a definite upgrade in speed and athleticism as well. And that at safety, especially because I think yeah. the, the future of athleticism at corner is better than people think, you know, with, mm-hmm. with Benjamin Morrison and Jaden Mickey and Barnes, Ryan yeah. Barnes, and even chance Tucker, mm-hmm. 
you know, yep. Philip Riley, you know, that's a pretty talented group of kids. You just got to coach them up, get them ready. Sure. But safety, DJ Brown, not, not, not the athlete, right? I mean, you don't yeah. have that. Justin Walters, not a great athlete, more of just a smart, heady football player. That's where you really need a jump in athleticism. And both of these kids bring that Peyton Bone and Adon Schuler. So, so far, so good. Now, as far as filling out the class, Mm-hmm. I think Notre Dame wants at least two corners in this class. That's the goal is to get two yeah. corners. If there's a third that comes along that can play, you know, that, that's just too good to pass up or a guy that can play multiple positions like a Devin Moore, I think they'll take them. They definitely want a third safety in this class for sure. Mm-hmm. So I could see it. And especially with Jojo Johnson now out, I could see them easily going to a six man DB class again, because mm-hmm. look, losing and losing Devin Moore, not replacing Devin Moore in this recruiting class. I think was was it hurt to lose him, but it was smart not to panic and feel like you had to go get somebody to fill that spot that wasn't going to be the caliber of what they're going to get in 2023. Sure. I think that was smart. Uh, yeah. That's just, just my two cents. So I feel like they are now in a numbers position with all the guys they're going to lose mm-hmm. to be in a position where they take six. And when you've got this three trio to start off with, you're, you're in a great place to now That's build cool. on that. Good baseline. Yeah. It's good baseline to work with. You don't with. want to t- – hey, Caleb Downs, hey, you don't want to play with these two guys? You know what I mean? Right. Like uh, – Malik you know, Muhammad, you know yeah. what you want to play? Yeah. Come, come on down, buddy. Right, no doubt, no doubt. So yep. uh, very strong, very strong group, no question about it. Now, tomorrow we'll be back at 12.30 p.m. tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, Friday we'll have our mailbag. Tomorrow we will talk more about the tight ends coach tomorrow. We'll dive a little bit more into that, and we'll, we'll talk some other team topics. But uh, – Remember, this is a weekly show, right? We are going to be doing this uh, most Wednesdays. There may be some times where one of us has some life that jumps in, in, up and, and gets in the way and, and we can't do it. But this plans to be a regular show from now and just kind of moving forward where we're going to dive into some film. Sometimes they'll be longer like this because we're going to break down three kids. Sometimes we may just break down a kid. Hey, this kid yeah. got offered. Let's dive into this kid or one or two kids. So you know, the length may vary from time to time, but this is the this is what we're going to do. So make sure you kind of note this down that we're going to be doing this Wednesday night. But also the easy thing is after you've hit the like button and after you subscribe, hit the notification bell. Right. And then, you know, nice little thing pops up like, oh, hey, Irish Breakdown's doing a show tonight at eight o'clock. What's the topic? Ooh, film room. All right. That's what I'm talking about. So that's why you need to hit the subscribe button. And of course, share it because that helps us out. Right. Anytime you mm-hmm. like you subscribe, you hit the, you know, you, you share it. All that helps along with watching it. And if you talk about, I want to support you guys, but you know, I'm, we're not in a place now we've got kids, we've got this. We, we can't pay to be on your, on your board. We can't pay to give you super chats. No problem. Make sure you watch the show. Make sure you hit the like button, make sure you should share and, and spread the word. And that's how you're also helping support us big time. So we like support from all types of ways. It's not just the financial support. All of it ultimately is financial support. And so that's a way that you can help us. If you're not in a position to, to kind of fork over the dough for the merchandise, which we have the merch store down below, uh, to do the built bar, which, you know, helps us out to do, you know, join the message board, which you can find the links below to that too. All those things, if you're not in a place where you can do that, this is how you help us. Watch the show, share it, like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff helps us out. So thank you all so much for your support and everything you've done. Ryan, we had over, we had over two and a half million page views in January on our message board and website combined. It is uh, truly amazing. The support that we've gotten, 
and mm-hmm. stick with us because we've got a lot more coming. We did do have a couple super chats that I do want to get to. Uh, yep. Matt, 2011 GT, financial support. Thanks, Respect. buddy. Appreciate it. <laughs> got a couple more up here that we want to get to before we get out of here that were not recruiting related. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to those. Here we go. This is great. From Brian Kelly's Best Dance Moves. Thank you for the super chat for that, by the way. No matter how this class ends up, at least Freeman won't be making dance videos with recruits they don't end up getting. So I hope he man. continues to do that for so many different reasons that he continues to not do that. Excuse me, talking about Marcus Freeman. I just thought the best part of that whole thing was that they didn't even get the kid. I know. Like he's like grinding so on this teenager and you know embarrassing himself and he's like, oh, you know, it's, it's it, the kids love it and it's good attention. I'm like, look, the expression that, that any attention is good attention is a that's false. Yeah, absolutely. Go ask Steve Bartman if any attention is good attention. Okay, I'm just saying, True. right? <laughs> so, well, well, that that was that was the worst part on Twitter is I saw someone say like, "Oh, obviously it's working for him." Like, yeah, has yeah. it yet? We didn't. We didn't. Yeah. We don't know really? that yet. Right. The kid's going to Bama. The kid he did that with time <laughs> with Bama today. He's from Louisiana, right? That's the other part of it too. So, yeah. Uh, Michael asked real quick. Uh, Michael asked two questions. One, how would you compare the running back coach McCullough to former running back coach Tony Alford? I'm say very similar. Traditional running backs coach as, a, as opposed to a Lance Taylor, who was more of a a modern running back coach. When I mean modern, I'm talking about style of play modern, meaning you know run, pass, route running, and all that. Coach McCullough and Tony Alford are definitely traditional running back coaches. Like I'm teaching you to run, I'm teaching you to block, and we're going to catch some screens. Right? You want to learn how to run routes? Go work with Coach Stuckey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like uh, traditional running back and both strong work reputations as strong recruiters i would i would say is is i think very similar and traditional back i mean similar backgrounds right like you know coach in the midwest a lot you know coach alford was at louisville and illinois i think no see no chip long was illinois he was at louisville he was at iowa state coach uh, alford was he was and then of course came to notre dame so um, very very similar and then uh, number two Seems Notre Dame seems to have a very easy schedule this year. Only two tough games. Worst should be ten and two. Your thoughts? Number one, uh, I think worst should be ten and two. That should always be the floor. I mean, that's the, to me the new floor for Notre Dame, barring an insanely tough schedule and uh, injuries, right? Or just that weird year where you've got that really young team, kind of like Clemson had this year. Or it's just that weird year where you just maybe you're not as good, but then you're going to bounce back the next year. I think ten and two is certainly the floor. I would. I don't think the Notre Dame schedule is a juggernaut. I think it's very top heavy. I would say it's definitely more than two tough games, though. Uh, and I'm not even talking about USC. I mean, we'll find out what USC is. I'm, I'm not buying the USC's a title contender hype yet. I mean, I'm like, nah. all these kids came from Oklahoma who went 11 and two, right? Which was good. Barely beat Kansas, barely beat West Virginia, barely beat Iowa State. I mean, they were not an impressive team this year. And now nah. all of a sudden, these kids are going to come and turn a four and eight team around and be a title contender. I, I don't buy it yet, but. They're going to at least be a lot better than they were last year. I think the team people are overlooking is BYU. Yeah. Good I think team. BYU yeah. in a neutral field out in Vegas, that's a good football team. They went, what, they won 11 games last year. They won 10 this year. Jaron uh, Hall, quarterback coming back. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the thing about BYU, too, is BYU this year went 10-3. and three. They mm-hmm. beat Arizona. They beat Utah. They beat Arizona State by 10. Uh, they went on the road and beat a ranked Utah State team. They beat Washington State on the road. That was a bowl team. Uh, Washington mm-hmm. State was, I believe, or did they fall apart at the end? I can't remember what. I, th- I think they, they, made they went to a bowl Utah, game. Yeah, they went seven Utah. and five and went to a bowl game. That's right. Beating Utah was a good football team yeah. this year, and they so beat it by nine. 
They beat yeah. them by nine, and then they beat USC. So you had one, two, three, four. They had five Pac-12 wins this year. That's crazy. It's crazy. That, that's nuts. So I mean, it's and and they beat Virginia. So BYU went ten and three, and they had six wins over Power Five teams. Their losses were to Boise State and at Baylor, the Big Twelve champ, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so and the Sugar Bowl champ. I mean, so that that was the regular season losses. That yeah. is a that is a good football team, and then you pointed out, Ryan, they're going to have a lot coming back next year too. So I, I would not I would not just dismiss BYU as a as a chalk it up as a W. Should Notre Dame beat BYU? Yes, yes, they should. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be an easy game? No, no, it is not. And uh, yeah. so I, I do think the schedule is a little top heavy, though. But I, I would say if you are basing it off of the 2021 schedule, it's going to look not soft. I think we have to take a couple things in consideration, though. USC changing, you know, the turnover at USC. Mm-hmm. We talked about Baylor. I think Clemson's going to bounce back a little bit. But the team the team that I think is going to be a lot tougher than people think is BC. BC lost Phil Jakovic for most of the season. I mean, you look at the games yep. that they played early before he got hurt. I mean, he, he looked good the first, what, game and a half before he got hurt. Yep. And they lost, what, like four in a row after he got hurt, like, they won their That's first bad. game, right? Yeah. And then they lost like four or five games in a row when he came back. And, yes, yeah, four in a row. They lost to Clemson, NC State, Louisville, and Syracuse. And then he comes back. They beat Virginia Tech. They beat Georgia Tech. They didn't play well against Florida State and, and wake down the stretch. But, like, they were a different team with him in the lineup than they you – know, they're not a six-and-six six football team if Phil Dracovic's in, the, in, in there. The thing that surprised me was Zay Flowers coming back. So he's going to have a big time. I mean, he's going to be one of the four or five best receivers on the Notre Dame schedule, and I could be underselling it a little bit, Ryan. I just I'm I'm yep. being I'm being generous because I know Ohio State's got at least two, and <laughs> you know I just I'm trying to think through the schedule. Mario Williams, you know what I mean. But Zay is going to be in that conversation. That is a he's, good football player. It was it was very frustrating. I actually watched um, one of the games where Dracovic did not play for. I was scouting one of the offensive linemen because they got a ton that are coming out this year. Um, and I, it was so frustrating because Zay Flowers is open all day, and they just could not hit a man. Like was he that was the just, NC State game? <laughs> it may have been. I, I don't even remember. I, I put a, I put a highlight on on Twitter because I was just like Zay's wide open, and it's just yeah. a terrible overthrow. And it was just all NC game. State and Louisville all were the game. two for me that I remember watching, thinking like, this kid's getting open and they're not getting the ball. Yeah, it was it was it was bad. So. They're going to have some good talent next year. I think Jalen mm-hmm. Gill's back. Yep. They're going to be a tougher game. Again, should Notre Dame lose at home to BC? No. It's just about, but it doesn't mean that it's, you know, and then you play them right before you're about to go out and play USC in the Coliseum. So mm-hmm. I think the schedule is going to be tougher than it looks on paper right now. And mm-hmm. so when people say Notre Dame doesn't have a tough schedule next year, I don't get real mad about it because I understand why they're looking at it. Because Notre Dame has a 10-3 and three Clemson, 10-3 mm-hmm. and three uh, BYU and eleven and two Ohio State. After that, your next best team is like uh, Marshall at seven and six, as far as record this past season. I mm-hmm. just think some of these teams are going to be a little bit better than people think. Uh, North Carolina will not be on the. I think they're going to be better than people think list. Although they did finally get rid of Jay Bateman, I thought the Gene Chizik replacement was kind of like a, huh? You know, I didn't quite <laughs> understand that, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. But it's it's going to be a challenging schedule. It's not a juggernaut, though. This isn't going to be 2017 schedule. It's not going to be that. 
you know, where you're playing like seven, eight ranked teams by the end of the year, it, but it's going to be, it's going to be a challenging schedule. It's going to be more than just two. So, and the reason I say that is, is because if Notre Dame does go 10 and two or 11 and one next year, am I going to be happy? No, because it's Notre Dame. You're, you, you should, you know, championship is, should be the objective, but can mm-hmm. you look at it as another year of progression? Yeah, you could, you, you could make a case for that depending on how the season plays out. But I think it also would kind of, if you go 10 and two, there's probably going to be a couple really good wins in there. This isn't going to be like going 10 and two where, you know, like in 2015 and your only win over ranked team, your two best wins were Temple and Navy. Like literally in 2015, your two best highest ranked wins were over Temple or Navy. You know, so if, if you, if you say, well, you lose to Ohio state and Clemson means you beat USC means you beat BYU means you beat BC. You know, if you, you know, if you lose to Ohio state and USC, that means you beat Clemson mm-hmm. BYU. If you lose to, you know, Clemson and USC, you, you means you beat Ohio state, right? I means you get right. the point. There's going to be some really good wins in there. But I mean, look, I'm I'm not going to start lowering the bar just because the current head coach doesn't disgust me like the previous head coach does. My holding Kelly to the bar that I held him to wasn't because I disliked him. It's because that's this is where you should be when you're this deep yeah. in your program. And so my my, my bar is not re- lowered because they have a new head coach. The new head coach is being brought in to take you to the next level. Sure, you know. So that's kind of where I'm at. But that's a that's a good question, Michael. I I appreciate you you answering it, and I think that is all for the super chats tonight. So everybody, thank you all so much for joining us tonight. Ryan, thank you for joining us tonight. I know you had to put your baby to bed probably before you started the show and then come join us. So I appreciate that very much. We'll be back next week. We're most likely barring some, some news coming that makes us want to watch some different film. We'll, we'll watch some Cedric Irvin and Cooper Flanagan film next week and, and then kind of preview what our schedule is going to be like after that. We'll start diving into some film of, you know, the, the boards will kind of maybe go through a few weeks where we break down all the receivers that Notre Dame's looking at and some of the offensive linemen and things like that. So it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So um, hit the like button, hit the subscribe, hit the notification bell, get some built bars, best protein bars in the business, and it helps support our channel. Check the merch store. Got a lot of new stuff in our merch store. This is not in there, though. This is I think this is just for me for right now. But we have some IB Nation stuff, have some new colored hats that people have asked for. Um, a, lot of, a lot of good stuff. You see the flag that I got over here. And the one that Ryan has over there, that's in the merch store. Did your wife get the blanket yet? Yes. Yeah, we just got we just okay. got it yet, uh, this morning. That got thing is super it. comfortable. Yeah, I, yep. I have to let me know what she thinks. My mom, yep. I got one for my mom, and she's like, got she's like, I want four. She she had my wife make them specially, <laughs> like with my my nieces and nephews, got like their names on them. So yeah, it was really cool. So check those out. That's in the merch store, which has a link below. The sign up to the message board is below. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit the notification bell, share. And thank you all so much for watching the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.